Some for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with me, but uh, anytime I have to refer to our podcast, I'm like, we are the premier gaming together co-op podcast. Because it's funny. It is funny. No one else ever does that, though. And so I feel like a psychopath because no, everyone's all like, yeah, I got a little show going on or something like that. Meanwhile, I'm like, I have the funniest show on the internet. <laughs> Actually, Molly's like, can you see her? Yeah, her see eyeball? Dog directly at my spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> do you see that she's looking at me now because i'm pointing at her but she's waiting for me to get unlooking so she can eat my spaghetti and meatballs what are we going you are we what are you what, what, i'm just waiting on you i'm just cleaning my living room now <laughs> hello and welcome to gaming together cooperative podcast i'm your host philip and i'm here with my co-partner nave each pod we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you the listener this game is the criminal grim of co-op or something better off playing solo hey nave konnichiwa it's a new day. It is a new week, and we do not have a guest this week, which it's just back to basics with the boys. I feel like these are kind of rare with how we've been rolling lately. Yeah, it's, well, it's mostly because nobody wanted to play this game, even though we I've been preaching from the rooftops that this game is just D&D. It got to the point where I was asking people, hey, have you played Dungeons & Dragons before? Because I want you to be on the show. It doesn't matter if you haven't played the game, because you're going to understand what the, all of this is. I didn't know that this reference. was just... I didn't know this was just ripped dungeons and dragons like even all the abilities all the stuff we'll talk about it later oh, but... yeah we'll talk about it later but that is a specific point that i didn't learn until i was prepping the notes we're talking about Solasta, by the way crown of the master but before we get there we are in fact the premier funny gaming podcast gaming together and we play games nave what games have you been playing this week well philip i, I i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit but i did this thing called the alphabet challenge on true achievements just for funsies and um, it's basically just to get uh, an achievement beginning with the letter of the alphabet going from A to Z in order. Like, you can get achievements in the middle. Like, you don't yeah, have to yeah, go yeah. A, then B, then C, because that's probably impossible. impossible. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I did the alphabet challenge. So I went and looked at my recently played games on Xbox, like I usually do. And there was, like, 24 games there. And I was like, I'm not writing all of these down, especially because I didn't actually play most of them. One that I did play... Which is interesting. I, I think we, I mentioned this game a while back Whenever I, in one of the games that would have naved by. It's called Self, Where Is My Father? And it is just an indie game. And it is just kind of a visual novel indie game. And um, it is really cool. It is really uh, scary, kind of. I, think, I don't know what it's about. And it has this like ominous tone all of the time. It's very like kind of horror-themed. And you're everyone has forgotten who you're a little kid, and everyone's forgotten who your father is, and you're kind of just wandering through this like surreal, like haze of a dream kind of situation with your friend King, and go you go to the arcade, and there are men in suits trying to stop you and and kidnap you, and you go and like there's always water flooding into stuff. It's really cool, and I'm not gonna spoil any the ending. I think there are multiple endings, so I think there are different interpretations of what's going on. I don't know if each ending changes the way you're supposed to view what just happened, but I got the the I got ending A, which is I assume me wandering through and getting the like the default ending. ending. Yeah. But um 
it, it threw my head for a loop. I played it on stream, and I was streaming the alphabet challenge. But when I started playing this game, I only had to get like halfway through to get like the letter Q or something. I can't remember. And I ended up just beating the game. Like I kind of forgot I was playing the alphabet challenge. You know what I mean? Um, which is interesting. But uh, yeah. since that's really the only game I played. You haven't heard of it, have you? No. It's indie trash. Oh, like, I was going to ask, like, you always bring up so many of these indie titles, and I'm, they're all on Xbox, which is just insane. This isn't like the shovelware that you see on Steam, where there's just like nine bajillion different indie titles that people just threw together in Unreal and then threw up for uh, RPG Maker. But Yeah, speaking of shovelware trash, I'll get jump ahead again, I guess. Okay. Because I, I technically played Chess Brain, Dark Troops, which is shovelware trash. I looked at it. I saw chess. Dude, I've been obsessed with chess for months now. All right? This is the Nave chess arc. We had the Yakuza arc. We had the Mass Effect arc in the show. This is Nave's chess arc. I'm going nuts on chess.com. And um, I saw this game, Chess Wait, Brain, Dark Troops. Bad. It's bad. I, oh. lo- I lose a lot of games. Whenever I start losing, I lose a lot. And whenever I win, I... I mean, I'm on, a, I'm on a hot streak right now. I think I've won like seven games in a row. But I've limited myself because it's like League of Legends where you get to that sunk cost fallacy of I have to win eventually. Statistically speaking, I'm going to win a game. I'm going to run into someone who's just as tilted as me, and they're going to make just as many mistakes because I'm getting upsetty. So it's like um, I've limited myself to like three or four games a day. And the way I'm playing now is I'm, I'll play those two to four games a day, and I'll analyze them. I'll use the time instead of playing more games and trying to get experience in. I'll just analyze my own game and just try and figure out what I did wrong, which is what you're supposed to do if you want to improve. You do not beat your head against the wall. They say the same thing for League. Apparently you're supposed to review your, your losses and stuff like that to see what you could have done better. It's crazy. Like if – if you can get really good at one one game, there, it's crazy how much that applies to all other different kinds of games, and and that and even on a on a more meta level, how much that applies to everything. Like if you can get really good at guitar, you can apply so much of that experience on on the guitar to like snowboarding. You know what I mean? Like once you get really good at something, it feels like you can kind of, once you just learn the skill of getting good at a thing, you can just do whatever you want almost. You know, you're not all too far off the mark because that is like a trademark of the military. Like in basic training, there is dedicated time to teach you to like fold your socks and you will fold your <laughs> socks until they are perfect. And it's all about training basically excellence. It's like when in doubt, choose excellence. Just all that generic crap that they they <laughs> indoctrinate you with where, you know, it feels like a cult by the end. Like in the end, I'm feeling very culty and it works. I feel like you can apply that to anything. Yeah. Anyways, chess brain dark troops is bad. Um, I thought it was just going to be wonky chess, but turns out it is just a shitty uh, made in Unity puzzle game. And uh, the only thing it has to do with chess is that there are chess pieces there, but it is literally just get your guy to the other side of the map and uh, it can be beaten in like an hour. So it's an easy thousand. I ended up getting it all, but it's not worth. Why did I do it to myself? Anyway, what have you been playing, Philip? Well, before we get away with that, Nave, you've been talking about chess so much in the last month or two or whatever. Have you started following like chess memes or anything like hyper specific niche humor related to chess yet? Uh, the only thing that I've brought this up multiple times, but there's a YouTube channel called um, uh, oh shit, I had oh, it yeah, in my head. We talked about it. I forgot what. It, what is it? You look chess it up. simp. It is it. chess simp. And uh, because what he does is his, he gets his fault. He's really good at chess, and he goes and he plays. He basically makes a Smurf account, and he goes and he plays like the worst people at chess. And he, but he puts a huge limitation on himself, dictated by his subscribers and his 
people in his Discord and stuff. So it's like uh, chess, but your king is uh, chess, but your king is loyal to his woman. So if the queen ever puts the king, your king, in check, then you have to forfeit the game immediately. And uh, so that's about as far as I get. It's pretty service level meme stuff because. There's this guy – there's this GM called Hikaru, and he, like, streams and does all kinds of stuff. He has a YouTube channel, and he puts his VODs up on there. And it's, like, he does things where he goes through his own subreddit, and, like, people will put memes there, and he'll laugh about it. And I'll have no idea what the fuck I'm seeing. And so I'm not okay. at that level yet. Like, okay, I was wondering because, how deep you were in it yet. Yeah, that is, like, specifically some Hikaru shit. It's, like, it's like just three different chess boards, and he's, like, oh, okay, I get it. It's because of this. And I'm just, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm just laughing because well, everyone else is laughing. I just think about the stupid Seth videos or whatever, or Seth. Seth uh, Syntax. Yeah, where it's just like the deepest cuts on League of Legends of just like, I don't know, just yeah. Garen, Timo, all these stupid meme. Yeah, those like 12-year-old totally videos. Power dive and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. I miss League. Like, it's funny because I was just looking at... Uh, I was looking on Twitter and I saw this tweet about like what do all of these tweet like uh, YouTubers have in common and there's like 17 of them there and then like I knew like seven or eight of them and I was like whoa is like Magikarp used fly there and and yeah. and Seth was there and I was like what's going on and it's like they all finally were able to quit League of Legends and I was oh, like yeah. oh yeah so it's like you got Donkey <laughs> you got Magikarp you got Seth like all these great names that Uber just like, danger we're not going back yeah we're Which, done this sucks yeah. I am no longer having fun. I am wasting my life playing League of Legends. But speaking of which, Nave, I feel like we need to return to League of Legends. You need to get a, Dude, a computer capable of I, playing League. I downloaded Wild Rift, and I was going to try it out last night, but I just ended up playing chess. So last night, we finally beat Solasta, right? Like, right at the, at the wire. You know what I mean? We were right at the end. We beat it the day before we record, and um, as is gaming together tradition. And we decided to play a few rounds of Fortnite, just to, to introduce Nave to that ecosystem and hopefully get him addicted to it, which it's not working, Philip, I don't think. But um, oh. uh, then once Philip went to sleep, I just played chess. I forgot all about Wild Rift, um, but I need to try it out. And, and Wild Rift is the mobile version. I'm not sure if it works on this thing, but if it does work, then that's another way to get in the league, try some stuff out. Yeah, it's any a different wild, ecosystem. Wild Rift fans out there that want to talk about on the pod, reach out to us, gamingtogetherpod at gmail.com. Or our Insta, or our Twitter, or our Facebook. Or our Twitch, or our YouTube. Fiverr? We don't <laughs> we have, have a Fiverr. Fiver? Uh, I wish we had a Fiverr. We don't have a TikTok. What are either. the kids doing? No, see, that's the thing. So I was listening to Sacred Symbols, and he was talking about why they don't have like TikTok and stuff. And it's but first, first of all, they're already huge, so they don't need to promote. Uh, the next episode of Sacred Symbols, I don't know when it releases. It'll be after this episode releases. I'm sure at least two or three people who listen to this also listen to that. They talk at the end about how to promote – like like advice for promoting podcasts and stuff, which they didn't have too much because they started huge. You know what I mean? So that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. But um, they were talking about why they don't have a TikTok and stuff, and Colin Moriarty was like, I just am like a 40-year-old man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have any business being on TikTok, and I just think about that. Like that it, – it spoke to me on like a, such a spiritual level because I don't even know what I would do because multiple people have told us to get a TikTok, Philip. I know. Like, they're like this is where the shit's going on the quit the build guys get like thousands of views on their tiktok thing on their tiktok videos and it's like that's kind of interesting but i'm not really like so i don't it's not nothing against anyone who's using tiktok to promote or anything i'm not saying that that's shady or anything it's just i'm the worst at promoting i feel really bad when i'm doing it like it feels like shit like 
whenever I you can tell I'm promoting because if if I'm like hyping someone else up on Twitter because I'm like I'm hyping this person up, but maybe people will be like, well, this guy's so nice. What if I just go look at him? It's kind of a little backwards, but it's also like I can't just go out to people and be like, listen to my show because I feel like a shill. You know what I mean? Even though I am doing, you sound insane. So okay, it feels bad. Before you get away with that, like if I were to say advice, to, like if you want to reach gaming together's level, that was our initial move. <laughs> like if someone out there is like, man, I want to start a podcast. How do I reach gaming together's level? Like I know it's not that high. I'll have you know. But the number one thing I did is like an insane person. I reached out to all my friends and family on Facebook and everybody and said, I started a podcast. Listen to it, please. God, I even like I was in training at tech school as like a staff sergeant with a whole bunch of new airmen. And I'm like, I started a podcast, listen to it. And they're like, yes, Sergeant Beatty. <laughs> so just be the insane person that's out there pushing your own stuff. I, I know you feel crazy because I felt crazy. I'm getting like pit stains just thinking about how <laughs> insane I was as a person going out there and shilling my own wares. But if you're trying to like start something, if you're doing anything, I think this applies. Like if you're selling, I don't know, like mouse sweaters that you're knitting on Etsy or whatever, you have to be out there pushing your own stuff because no one else will. That's the thing. So me and Philip are two completely different people. I think we lucked out about that because Philip can do that. I physically can't. Like I, I, I type it out. I'll get about eighty percent through the through the thing, and I'll delete it every single time, and then I'll rewrite it and rewrite something completely on a, uh, like. Uh, unrelated to promoting my thing and just like I, I have turned the twitter account into ju- just a, a speaker like a loudspeaker just for our show because it's like if they think that i'm funny on twitter maybe they'll think we're funny on the on the account and the very first pinned tweet is us promoting the thing so it's like i i am more of the interact with as many people as possible rather than directly confront people kind of thing so it's uh another thing you can do though is to just ingratiate yourself into a community which i think we got super lucky running into eric from game positive and chris from one hour and one decision and then we just kind of got introduced to everyone through those two people for the most part i think that it's it doesn't take too much to just become just be friendly with people like the thing that people love the most is for is to be interacted with and so just interact with people as much as you can and people will start to remember you like that that's that's real like people people every time the last of us comes up people are like oh oh, nave's gonna hate this and i'm like that's not true but but people are thinking of me you know what i mean like it's it's a meme and they know it upsets me at this point don't ever let anyone on the internet know what upsets you by the way yeah. Okay, that was that was podcast talk in the podcast corner. Uh, let's get back to gaming for the people that came here for the games. Dave, I've been playing Power Wash Simulator still. I just got the final water gun. You're not you're not a smart person. If the, just so you guys know, if you want to reach gaming together status, you don't have to be smart. Look how dumb we are. Oh <laughs> We're playing Cooker Hero and and Chess Brain Dark Troops and Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> you don't have to be smart, people. Okay, yeah, so I got that, and uh, I'm like, man, I really need to finish a game for the pod so I can report back on my backlog bust and that I was a good boy and I finished my games. But sadly, I did not finish any games. I started Artful Escape, and I've been, I think I put in like two hours at this point, and I'm like, I really hope I'm near the end of the game at this point, but it seems like there's more game. Nave, Artful Escape is not a great walking simulator. Like, I'm not you sure don't like what. It? It's a beautiful game, and it it's a pretty. nice experience. But I am getting so bored playing it. 
like I'll not even the up. story's carrying you enough carrying you enough through it i mean i put okay. it down maybe the problem is the story is it just doesn't apply to me because you are a character with sufficient talent being forced into a role that he doesn't want to be a part of and so he's rediscovering himself on a, a fictional mystical space adventure as someone with zero talent i i find it hard to relate because i'm out there i'm like <laughs> i'm just like struggling to get by and this guy's like oh i'm not going to be as good as my uncle but I, i'm really good at this other thing i do and i'm like whatever let's just let me just walk to the right i'm just gonna hold walk to the right and jump i'm doing this super mario style i'm just gonna finish this game it's neat because the game is – it's going from – the guy is going from Bob Dylan folk music to t- Russia's 2112, like, fantastical prog. And so it's very interesting because, like, those are such jarring it, – it's obviously supposed to be a contrast, but it is such a jarring jump from uh, the normal little hipster life in the coffee shop thing that he's got going on at the beginning. And then he's soaring through the air in different universes, looking at the galaxy, speaking with the god. He's obviously taken a little bit of LSD – but um, it, it it is cool, but I, I also put it down. If you want to beat it, though, it is leaving Game Pass. I don't know if it's already gone from Game Pass by the time this episode releases, but it, it is leaving Game Pass in September. So if you do yeah. want to beat it, you got to beat it soon. If you want a good walking sim, though, go play The Diary of Edith Finch. That one? Or what? What The Remains of Edith Finch? What was it? The, what yeah. Remains of Edith Finch, yeah. Yeah, that one is fantastic. A Diary of Jane. No, the diary is a different one. There's a different walking sim called Diary, I think. But go play Edith Finch. That is a fantastic narrative walking simulator. Like this one's great for screenshots. The Artful Escape is a fantastic screenshot game, but the the narrative isn't really hooking me because all the characters are good. like, yeah, the music it sounds good. It's good to play. If whenever you're actually like in the environments, but there's so many jarring parts where you have to walk around and have one-liner conversations with characters where everybody's so cool and dropping these little phrases and stuff and i'm just not into it oh man these indie games i've been i finally got somebody to sit down and play uh stanley parable someone finally was like you know maybe nave's on to something you know maybe nave knows his stuff with these indie games and so someone sat down and played the stanley parable i think it was the friday game cast guys the fight the friday night Game Everyone already knows about Stanley Parable. It's like, oh, have you played Portal? What? They haven't, though, Philip. That's the thing. I'm going around telling people to play Stanley Parable, and I'm expecting them to go, oh, yeah, I know that game, you fucking idiot. But I'm like, okay, but did you play the newest one? Because the newest one has a bunch of extra cool content, and it is, it is fucking great. And even some of the old stuff has, has hints and has, like, references. It's such a fucking – Self-reference. Uh, self-referential thing yeah and so it's like it's so funny and it's so good it's so clever it's great it is peak video game all right it is so meta and i keep telling people to play it and no one's fucking heard of this game philip like i i get i get constantly surprised by this kind of shit like you get so lost in the forest of like your own experience that it, it, it always becomes such a shocker to be like you, I mean, Lost Odyssey is great, right? And have people go, what is Lost Odyssey? And I'm like, everyone knows Lost Odyssey. You know what right. I mean? But it's like... I, I know what you mean, because I didn't know the Tales games was a series until we were talking about on the podcast a while back. They're like, yeah, they've been making Tales games since back in the day or whatever. Yeah, PlayStation 2, I think. Yeah, and I'm like, I've never heard of Tales before. It's like, oh, it's kind of like Final Fantasy, but it's Tales. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think that's a thing. Like, I feel like I would have <laughs> heard of this. Yeah, the first one I played was Symphonia, I think, on the PlayStation 2, and I played it a little bit. And, of course, I was like, this isn't Final Fantasy, so I stopped playing it. But the first one I beat was uh, Tales of 
uh, shit. Vesper? Tales of Vesperia? Tales of Vesperia, yeah, on the 360. And uh, that, that game the first is one phenomenal. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and you probably heard it from me because I was playing it all the yeah. time back in the day. It takes forever to beat a Tales game. I don't know. Like, I, I think there was a whole bunch of JR or Japanese games that came out at the time that confused me though because it was like the last remnant or something like that or yeah infinite undiscovery eternal yeah, like, sonata like all these weeboo games are coming out and i'm just not interested i want to play halo 3 which is great because a lot of those games are stuck on the 360 but most of them are backwards compatible so not mm, some of them are not because i went a, i went a looking i don't know if i told you about this but like my birthday's coming up or whatever i'm just looking at old games i was looking at vikings champion of asgard or whatever and two human these like old games yeah. where i'm like I remember playing these games. I bet they're like eight bucks now. I could totally play these. I look and a lot of them just aren't backwards compatible anymore. I think Two Human is free on the Xbox. That's odd. Yeah, well, it's because they can't sell it because of the whole copyright. The they used the they used Unreal Engine, I think, and they didn't license it. And so when they after they sold it, they had to go to GameStop and get all of the games back and then destroy the physical copies of those games. What? This is this is huge... real. This is oh, real, Philip. This is real. Listen to me. Listen to me. The, the publisher should be knowing what the game developers are doing, so they should like be able to keep track of. Oh, that's so insane. Who put, my, that was a Microsoft title, that. right? No, no. It was. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, the the promotion. What is it called? The advertising and stuff. That I think that was Microsoft and stuff. I gotta look. Hold on. Okay, it was developed by Silicon Knights and published by Xbox Game Studios. So Xbox published, published this game. And they did they goofed that? I didn't even know they were published by Xbox. That's insane. Is See, it on other I, systems? No, I, I thought it, it was it a launch be. title, pretty much. Like or it was a delayed launch title. Yeah. It was a weird game, but it was interesting. Did you see were you on the wiki? It's gotta be like the first thing that pops up. Uh no, I, I didn't look in deep. Oh, we need to keep moving though. We don't need to spend all this time talking about Two Human, the game that <laughs> only me. nine Source, people trust have me, everyone. Yeah. Uh, it is what a Diablo Viking or Norse Diablo type game. It's weird because you attack with the right analog stick. Like you move, yeah, it's you like point skate. the direction you're attacking. It's so weird, but it is interesting enough to it might keep you going if you're, especially if you're nostalgia for that ye old 2006 seven uh, style of video game. Dude, like it's online co-op. Like you drop in, just play through levels. We have, I wonder we have to see the, if it's on the store. Maybe the servers are up. I own it because it's free, backwards compatible. I just don't know if the servers are still up. Because I if don't not, think Silicon Knights exists anymore. I think that drove them into the dirt. <laughs> Poor guys. But that's the what fate that awaits us all. How did we get... This is, an un, this is an unhinged episode so far. What happened? Oh, I was talking about Backlog and talking about old games. Oh, anyways, back to, you know, games. Uh, games for Gold gave out more games. They gave out Goods, Gods Will Fall, and Thrillville. And, Nave, I went through and I added my old, um, some more of my Unreal games that they give away to my backlog. And my backlog completion rate has dropped to 8.7%. Damn. And yeah, that's, that's with adding Solasta to the list. Dude, the backlog never stops getting bigger, which is why I, I do encourage people to not do what Philip's doing and keep track of it. Because that makes it a scary, daunting, endless uh, Sisyphean. Sisyphean? Sisyphus. You know Sisyphus, the guy that pushes the rock up the... It's Sisyphean. Sisyphean. Is that the guy that rolls the rock? Sisyphus? I think. Did I just make something up? Who's the guy that rolls up the rock? Google rock it. Rock roller. Rock roll. Pointless. <laughs> hmm. I'm just seeing a bunch of carts. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> like, well, like hold a, on. Rock like Roller a... Dog is kind of like a Rot. Oh uh, no! Now I'm looking at Rottweilers. Oh, Rottweiler Dog. <laughs> oh, because I typed in God and it autocorrected to Gog. Sisyphus is a figure from Greek mythology. As king of Corinth, became infamous for his general trickery and twice cheating death. What the fuck? He ultimately He's got a his comeuppance. Guy. Ooh, comeuppance <laughs> is a great <laughs> word. <laughs> he got that? his comeuppance when Zeus dealt with him the eternal punishment of forever rolling a boulder up a hill in the depths of Hades. Yeah, he rolls the boulder up the hill, and once he gets to the top, he lets it roll back down. And he has to push the boulder back up to the hill. Top oh, again. Classic Loki getting his gizzard eaten, and then it grows back or whatever as acid drips in his eyes. What? The, the, Sisyph- the Sisyphian nature of recording your backlog, which is forever going to become longer <laughs> because games are always coming out. That's what I'm trying to say. Is, no, wait, that might be Prometheus. Thing. Prometheus might be the one that gets his liver eaten repeatedly and it grows back. Yeah, that's in God of War, I think. That's in one of the God of War games. See, okay, I didn't play the God of Wars. This is in my backlog, though. God, I don't you know any God of War, Philip. It's good. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I told you, but I played... I played the first one, and I made it to the final boss, and the the disc was scratched. And so oh. the second you go kaiju size, and you start fighting Ares, Ares the game just yeah. ends. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll finish this game some other day. I think That's I depressing. had it on, I was playing it like on PlayStation 3 or something. Because, were they backwards compatible then? I don't remember. They, I think the PlayStation 3, the fat one, was backwards compatible. Yeah. I have one in, I, my, in my bedroom, but I don't, I don't know why it's in my bed. I don't even have a TV in my bedroom, but that's where my 360 and my PS3 live. Okay, my backlog's out of control. What about yours? What else did you buy besides uh, chest brain, dark troops, or trooper brain, whatever? Don't even. I don't even want to. It's gotten so much more promotion on this show than it deserves. But um, Paratopic. Para this is the. This is a game that I do want to promote because it looks fucking wicked. It's a, another one of these Nintendo sixty four PlayStation one era looking games. It's a. I think it's a first person shooter, or it might just be a first person game. Looks like it might be horror style. So it's P A R A T O P I C Paratopic. Everyone, if whoever's like, I, I imagine at least one person is waiting for this part of the show where I start talking about an indie game to highlight. This is the indie game that I'm looking at right now. It is. It. I'm going to play it soon. I downloaded it. It's going to be just like Call to the Lamb, where it's something I am just. I just feel like I have to start playing as soon as I'm available. Yeah. I mean, it kind of I gives don't me know anything about this game. I mean, do you want to Google? You want to look at it? You used I'm to do that. To you used to right care now. about this section, Philip. You <laughs> used to care about what I bought. You buy too many games. Sometimes you're like, okay, this looks goofy. Because it looks like the this guy has like nine polygons in his whole body just in yes. this one picture. That's why I said, do you think I, – I brought it up. I was like the Nintendo 64 PlayStation 1 era of, of, of kind of game. Okay, it looks like Ocarina of Time models but with Silent Hill textures maybe a little bit better like Silent Hill 2 or something. You know, Silent yeah. Hill One was on the PlayStation One. You could have just said that. No, 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 no. I bet was Silent Hill Two on the PlayStation as well. No, Silent Hill Two is PlayStation Two. That's why it looks okay. so much better. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the game looks like a game. I wonder if Silent Hill Two actually is on the PlayStation Two because I honestly don't know. I don't know why I was so confident. Anyway, Paratopic. Oh, no. Go check I it out. I was thinking about um, Resident Evil. Is Resident Evil One, Two, yeah, and Three Resident- all on PlayStation One? Correct, okay, because Resident Evil was 3 about. was supposed to be a spinoff. Resident Evil 4 was supposed to turn into Devil May Cry. So it was like this weird we, thing. Right, we, like we've covered we to... the Devil May Cry thing already because it was too badass. They had to make a new IP for it. Yeah. 
And then, and then, and then, Resident Evil Seven. You're like, or Resident Evil Six. You're like fucking jumping out of helicopters, and it is just the same. It doesn't even fucking matter. You turned out the it's same like, anyway. You either uh, die young or live long enough to become Devil May Cry. Yeah, that's the that's what the Joker said. Yeah, in the dark right. night arises, awakens. What's it? What's this? Uh, what's all this crap you put in here in the news update section? News and updates. Oh, I think the first news because you brought up your birthday. I just realized I'm just sitting here looking at the calendar and stuff. This episode releases on Nave's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Nave! Myself. Happy birthday, me in the future. I hope you get. How old will you be? Twenty. Philip, how old am I going to be? Twenty nine. You'll be twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. I stopped counting once I got to legal drinking age. There's no more. There's no more. Uh, uh what checkpoints? Social until security. retirement age yeah yeah but that's like so it? hard i'm like can i still walk straight up can i pick up a 20 pound box yes okay well i don't need to be worrying about that age yet my dog i had spaghetti and me- dude my dog is like desperately trying to find any leftover spaghetti and meatball that she can find i keep seeing her behind me in the camera like like She's investigating lurking. the ottoman yeah she thinks she's slick she thinks because i'm not turned around that i don't have the technology <laughs> see. to see her yeah god little bit little shit Anyway. All right, now, what is the stuff in the thing? The thing in the stuff. Why don't you read it, Philip? Why don't you right. read the first one? Main quest, pop, curb, feet, Nate, Nave, a popular show, gaming together. Philip's not illiterate. That's how I wrote it. And I just, I whenever I type in the notes, I just, and then I fucking go on to the next thing. I don't even look. But uh, main quest is coming back, everybody. Main quest, they're done with their hiatus. Keith, I'm here for you, bud. And I was there for you when you did your Kirby episode. Do you want to talk about the Kirby episode, Philip? Because I wasn't supposed to be the one on that episode, Philip. <laughs> I, why did I not get a message about this? I feel like I could have been there. But yeah, no, okay, so, you, 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 you were like, I can't do it, Nave. And I was like, I'm going to tell him to postpone. And he was like, no, it's fine, Nave. You can do it. And I was like, I never played oh. the game. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. So the whole premise is like, they were, uh, Keith was like, hey, you know, what do you want? We need someone to talk about Kirby's Adventure in Dreamland, the GBA game. And I was like, yeah, I'll play that. And they really didn't have a play- way to play it. So I emulated on my PC and I played it. And I'm like, dang, this game is really good. Like, this game is surprisingly good. And they just watched me stream the whole time. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait. To-. I even wrote notes. I was like, I can't wait to talk about this game. Uh, things happened and I wasn't able to make it. But Nave- I said Nave in my place. How'd it go? <laughs> I didn't listen to it. Is it out? It, it is not out today, but it'll be out tomorrow. But by by the time this episode's out, it has already been out for like six days. So, yeah, woo, is it rough? Is the yeah the episode? Oh man, I could have done yeah. better. I could have at least I played the game. What am I the doing? Time you brought up nine eleven again? God, I'm I'm so sick of <laughs> Nave talking about the twin towers. Anyway, I don't know what it, he 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 released a uh, a thing. Do you want to? Here we can do this real time. You can react to it. It's on Instagram. Go the look Instagram? at. It's on Instagram and Twitter. He put he put those little videos. You know how a lot of podcasters just will put a preview out before the episode comes out. Yep. I think we were tagged in it. But there's a lot of there's a lot of we're getting a lot of notifications on on okay. Instagram. Well, that's deep. <laughs> Talk about what Kirby was in a previous life. Yeah. Well, what? Is, well, how else would I? I didn't play the game. I. What else was I supposed to do? You just talked about Kirby, the Star Warrior <laughs> himself, the Dreamland entrepreneur or no connoisseur because he eats everything. Yeah, I was the I was the philosophizer, and Keith was the actual game player. Well, at least you didn't I show up him. and be like, you know, this is kind of like Fortnite, and I've played some Fortnite now. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, man. I'm gonna start just this is now that I've played Fortnite. 
Every episode I ever guest on in any show, I'm going to try and relate it to Fortnite as much as I possibly can. Because we got to get the young audience in on this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Kids love not Fortnite. Everybody, not everybody has played Spec Ops The Line. I need to relate it to Fortnite somehow. Yeah. That's a podcast you know, idea. How does this relate to Fortnite? How many steps <laughs> like, away from Fortnite is this? Yeah. It's like, what is that game you play on Wikipedia It's it, with oh, Hitler? Uh, degrees to – is it, it's either Kevin Bacon or Hitler. It's like Degrees, degrees of Bacon of, or something. You can do it with anything, I guess. Yeah. But it is like – it doesn't matter. I always did it with Hitler because it's Look, so if much get, easier. If I can get to radio, I can get to Hitler. You know, it's like you just got to find a way radio? to get to radio. No. How, I always get to a country, just any country. <laughs> Like, as soon as you see a country, you click on that. That country's probably been to war, and then, then you go to war, and Hitler's there. Like it's like you find them. It's so easy. All right, Dave. Uh, back to our news updates category. Last oh, of we're us done talking about Hitler. Last of Us One versus Fire Three Four Three. Dave is a hypocrite. Oh, okay. What so, is this? This is so. I've got this like nagging thing in my head where it's so every time this 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 stuff comes up. Last of Us One just released its uh, remake, the, re- the remake of the remaster. The, yeah, I don't know. It is it is very pretty. I've been looking at a lot of gameplay footage and a lot of like screenshots and stuff. Game looks very pretty. I don't want to talk about all of this like stuff, but there's been the controversy about this game releasing at seventy dollars. Of course, I am one of the perpetuators of don't buy this game. Go buy the five dollar remaster it's the same fucking video game this game i mean i don't know exactly what the differences are but the newer one looks beautiful if you like beautiful games if you like to be there if you like to get the apple iphone 27 whenever the it releases you're one of those guys standing outside of best buy for 17 hours go ahead and buy this game it's fine or if you like to take screenshots um i don't really want to talk too much about that but this whole situation with 343 there's been a hashtag campaign called fire 343 because Halo Infinite's next season got delayed by a few months. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah, I heard. I've heard all the news. Okay, just lay out what I've heard to make sure I'm not missing nothing. I've heard they're like, Forge is coming uh, at some point. Uh, There's no split-screen co-op ever, and there's going to be a delay for the next season. Speaking of the split-screen co-op, I've seen a bunch of videos on Twitter where somebody who's in, like, the... I guess they're in the preview or whatever... Yeah, like the the beta, whatever testing for all this stuff, he can still access split screen co op, and it works. Yeah. So and he's like released like he's released like videos or like tutorials on how to access the split screen and stuff. I don't really know anything about that either. I'm trying to stay out of the of the negativity because it's bumming me out. But um, there's this like dichotomy, and I kind of want to set the record straight because I don't think I've ever I don't know if I've ever set the record straight on the Last of Us. I I've done it multiple times off of the air with people who have had questions. Like people who meme on me hating hating no, Naughty Dog and stuff. So um, it's it's fine to meme on me. It's funny. It is a little funny. I don't care. Laughing is great. It's the it's the it's the toxicity that I'm really worried about. There and so there's a differentiation between this Naughty Dog situation and this three four three situation because I'm approaching both of these very differently, noticeably differently. And I kind of want to get out ahead of all of this stuff. This stuff because I'm a lot more lenient on three four three than I am with Naughty Dog. I think mostly. And I think everyone's going to agree with me. Naughty Dog is an infinitely better studio than 343 is. Naughty Dog is such a higher prestige in my brain than 343 does. 343 has hardly done anything to impress me. Like, I mean, the the Master Chief Collection is impressive now. And it was ambitious when it came out. But it was a disaster for a year. For two years, maybe. I don't know. But 
Naughty Dog has been putting out banger, 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 banger over and over. It's been Banger City. I wasn't a huge fan of the story of The Last of Us Part Two, but that game is a technological fucking marvel. It looks amazing. It's craziness. And so I'm never, I'm never going to deny that. I just don't like the story. And this whole Last of Us remake situation compared to the Fire 343, which I don't even think I went into. Fire 343, everyone's upset about them because of the delays and everything. This entire debauchery happening around uh, Halo Infinite. And I agree. I'm on their side. I'm like, 343, you fucking you – you're, you have shat the bed for way too long. Something needs to change. But this entire Fire – who is the person who – Fire Bobby Kotick. I don't know who the fuck is the leader of 343. It's it's some lady, and they're like fire this person and fire three four three get a, get them off of Halo Infinite. Well, this is what I'm saying. If you guys think that Halo Infinite has no content now, what happens when we fire three four three? How much content is Halo Infinite going to have after that? Right? We got to use our fucking brains here. We're you we're going on this jihad against three four three, but it as it's not misplaced, but. You have to think beyond what – what are the ramifications of this, right? 343 is being very open and honest about talking about how fucked up everything is. They're like, hey, every, it shit's fucked. I'm sorry, but this is what our priorities are. Uh, like they're, they're removing split-screen co-op. That sucks. That's a bummer. But in all honesty, I've already said this on the podcast once. If you have to choose between local co-op and online co-op – I said this on the episode with, with the Friday night with, – with Nick and Will, the Friday night gamecast. I said – Always choose online co-op because that is just where the where we are now at this point. And I said that before. It was a month before this whole fucking situation. All right, prioritize online, not local. You that's just that's just what that's just what needs to be at this point. Uh, games have become way too intense for this local co-op. I think local split screen on multiplayer is still a thing that exists on Halo Infinite. Yeah, anyways. it is. So they were very open with all of this stuff, right? What? So even if 343 doesn't – like even, if there are earthquakes within that studio, say goodbye to all of this nice shit. I keep seeing all of these amazing Forge videos, which by the way, what they want to do is prioritize Forge mode. They're listening to us. They're listening to people who are crying like going, hey, it's okay. Push the co-op campaign back a little bit further. This Forge mode, this is the shit that definitely should have been there at, if not at launch, at least sooner. You know what I mean? Like at the beginning of season one, we needed this Forge shit desperately because this literally – the Forge stuff acquiesces to all of the lack of content, right? Because once you yeah, get user-based it's content – It's a big band-aid. Especially how, how insanely uh, manipulative, uh, manipulatable, manip- manipulatable this Forge mode seems to be. People have remade the Guardian from Halo 3. People have remade yeah. that one map from Halo 2 with the – with the Lockout? Is it Lockout? I would, no, There's I was thinking of the – Lockout. Oh, you're talking about I was thinking of the one with uh, – no, the, the, the inside the building and the oh, big circle in the middle with the about. palm trees. Yeah, I know. Like, it looks like a fancy office building kind of, but there's no offices. It's like yeah, I think it's in Halo lobby. Reach also. Actually, I think it's in Halo Three as well. But anyways, yeah, it, it, it's a it's an infamous map on Halo, and I've seen the, all of these amazing things remade. I've seen things from other games being remade. I saw the Call of Duty World at War original zombies map, and and people were playing Slayer in it, and I was like, this is nuts. This is what we need. Three Four Three is focusing on that. I'm like, congratulations. This is something that I definitely agree with. Game Positive, Eric from Game Positive has been talking about this because he made an episode after this after this news came out about this positive news about what's going on with Halo Infinite. And I don't even think he realized how much negativity was going on until after he had released that episode. But 
if, if if an earthquake goes through 343, you could say goodbye to a lot of like amazing things that are like anything that's going on. This game is a live service. You need the developers to remain in lockstep. If you start taking puzzle pieces out, you just all of a sudden have a bunch of blind spots, and then you get into this cacophony again. Like you, it's that little domino, and then the big domino meme. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is that's why I've been so much more lenient on three four three. Not that it, it is it's 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 a it's a multitude of things. I've gone on such a fucking rant right now. But the Last of Us Part One with the with the remake, I don't even think that should have existed. I think that this Last of Us Part someone made a tweet. Which is hilarious. I've never seen a tweet like this before, but it caught me so off guard. It was it was fucking hilarious. I might look for it, but it was something along the lines of, um, "Thank God they remade The Last of Us Part One. The controls were terrible, and the graphics were unlook at. Oh. You can't look at the graphics; they're disgusting. It's just like shitting on the la- original Last of Us remaster, even though that's it's it's obviously satire because that game looks beautiful. So I don't need to find it. I'm I might I'm gonna scroll just in case I see who posted it, but. That's exactly the point. The game like still holds up. You know what I mean? The game is not that old ago. Uh, old ago. It was not made old that ago. long ago. And so you know, this is what we made fun of Skyrim for though. Every time a new Skyrim edition came out. Exactly. It's 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 Skyrim, it's Grand Theft Auto 5. It's the same game over and over as as long as generations go on. Like every time I think about this stuff, I'm like, "Oh man, I can't wait for The Last of Us Part 2 remastered next year." I'm so happy. And that it seems so stupid, but that seems to be the trajectory of Naughty Dog right now. I'm looking at this Last of Us remake, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't enjoy it because it's already out there. Go play your fucking video game. But like, who cares what I fucking say? If you're going to buy the game at $70 again, then you don't care about what I'm going to fucking say, like, at all about this game, right? So, but this, what I'm saying is, is that that is development time wasted that we're never going to get back. That could have been put towards Lo- The Last of Us Part 3. That could have been put towards Uncharted 6 or Uncharted 5, I think. Uncharted 5. Or, or something else. Something new. Give me something new. I want something different. I don't want the – this isn't – we're not Marvel. We're not Disney. I want more video games. Remember in the fucking PlayStation 3 era when everyone was like, stop remastering all these – or the, the PlayStation 4 era when everyone was like, stop remastering these PS3 games. Please, stop giving us these collections. We want something different. Make another Sly Cooper. Make another something else. There's so many games that are dead. Or just – what? how about this? This is a novel idea. A new IP. Do something different, please. I'm so sick of the same fucking game over and over and over and over again. And everyone is saying that I'm like some kind of crazy person because of it. Like, I want the new experiences. Why do you think I'm always buying indie games? I'm not buying these new fucking games. I'm not buying Saints Row, the next one, because it's fucking the same as every other fucking Ubisoft game. Ah, I'm so upset. <laughs> like, I love Naughty Dog so much. I wouldn't yell about it if I didn't think Naughty Dog made some of the best fucking games that are in existence. The Uncharted series is amazing. The Last of Us Part 1 is amazing. It's like, Knack I one want and two. something. Knack 1 and 2. Knack, peak video gaming. All right? The Naughty Dog's famous. Knack 1 and 2. I want good games. I don't want the same fucking game over and over again. I'm losing my mind out here. The Mass Effect trilogy getting remastered, all of this stuff, these packages, these are fine, but it's because the it's because Mass Effect is locked away for a whole fucking fan base. Last of Us Part One, you can play that on your PlayStation Five. You can play it with a five dollar remaster, and it is perfectly serviceable. This game isn't Silent Hill One, you know. It's like it's not some oh, long yeah. lost relic of the past. Now, Dave, on top if I of were that, to pop oh, up the topic. Are you familiar with the infamous Steam Bioshock update or remaster? 
where they if you own the old one they just gave it to you they're like hey you want hd bioshock here you go it's like this is this the philosophy of sony oh god we are going on one right now or i am at least this this philosophy of sony it's all it's also just topped off with the last of us collector's edition which was only available in america by the way fuck everyone else or if not only in america only in specific countries because Eric from Game Positive, he wanted one. He's in Canada. He's right there. It's America's hat, right? And so he couldn't get one because it didn't ship to it didn't ship to Canada. This Last of Us Part One, like $150 give me money edition with a big awesome case and stuff, was put in like a $1 shitty envelope with bubble with a little bit of bubble tape on the inside and shipped out to everyone. And and there are articles now of People are just getting destroyed boxes because it's in a shitty little package that it's not supposed to be in, and you are buying the collector's edition because you want to collect the pristine new version thing, right? Like these people aren't opening their collector's editions. These these things are coming to people damaged. They call Sony support and they go, "Hey, fuck yourself. How about a twenty percent coupon on whatever you want to buy?" But we're not. You can send it back and get a twenty percent coupon. But we're not giving you another one of these. You can just go die in a fire. It's like. What are you doing, Sony? Sony's like, hey, you know the rest of the world? 10% increase on the price of PS5. Fuck yourself. What are you doing, Sony? What are you doing? Sony, please. I I hate Sony so much. And it's not because I'm a fanboy. It's because they're so anti-consumer. It's, uh, it's not even funny. They're anti-consumer, and they're still the top dog. They're number one. They're Call of Duty right now. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, everyone, look at how bad this is. And everyone's like, ah, whatever. Give me the $70 remake of the game I played six times already. I, I feel like a madman. But it's like, why does it even bother me? You know what I mean? I don't like the direction that the it's, – it's encouraging the whole gaming ecosystem to push itself into this fucking shitty domain that I don't want it to be in. That's why it bothers me. I'm not going to play the game. I mean I might play it if it's like $10, right? But – and I don't and I don't hate you if you play The Last of Us Part 1 and you like it. In fact, make some videos. Take some screenshots. Let me enjoy it per, like uh, vicariously through you. You know what I mean? There are people, even though I meme on it all the time, like who the fuck hasn't played The Last of Us Part 1? Philip hasn't played The Last of Us Part 1. There are a bunch of people that just kind of completely missed it. It goes back to our conversation before where I was talking about you'd be surprised how many people don't know about the Stanley Parable. People don't know about The Last of Us Part 1? One of the biggest games ever fucking made. And it's like... Ugh. Like I, I go go get your fucking bag, Sony, I guess. If people are going to pay $70 for the game again, then... They're, it's like why wouldn't they just do it again? And this is why they keep doing it because the people will just pay for it. We, you know the, the Horizon Zero Dawn PS4 to PS5 upgraded ten dollars on Xbox free. In fact, don't even pay for the game. Just pay us one dollar for Game Pass. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, if people are paying ten dollars for the upgrade, then let fuck me, right? Like, who cares? It, it, I, it's not my game to enjoy for them, right? They can enjoy whatever they want. I just don't enjoy this. Like, I don't, I don't appreciate the direction that I'm seeing everything going. You know, we're usually <laughs> pretty positive on the pod, and we don't often talk about the dark things going on with the developers. But listeners at home, there are some real tragedies when it comes to gaming. Like, just look at Nintendo and their weird stance on lowering the prices on their games, where you can look at Breath of the Wild, and it's like a copy of Breath of the Wild 1, a game that came out, I don't know, seven years ago or something. It's It's been so long. It's still like yeah. $50 if you want to buy it. And it's like, what are they doing? Like, because that's the thing is like, I, I'm a cheap gamer. 
I buy things on sale or I probably won't buy them at all. And so when I never see Switch games go on sale or the price never drops on them, I literally cannot bring myself to buy these games that I, I love Nintendo. I, they can be some real glue eaters sometimes, but they like it's once again like I don't think I'm a fanboy of Xbox, but it's so hard for me to get away from Xbox because I want Nintendo titles, but I can't bring myself to buy them when Game Pass is so accessible to me. Yeah, because it's like you pay this even if you don't even include Game Pass because this can be applied to PlayStation. The game sharing whole the whole game sharing situation where you can buy one digital copy and have two PlayStations or two Xboxes and play them on two separate systems. Even that is like completely foreign knowledge to Nintendo. It's if oh, you want to yeah. play Smash Brothers twice on tw- in two places in your house, you pay $120 plus two switches. Like you have yeah, to that, do that. I can't buy digital games because we have two switches. And it's like, okay, if I buy a digital game, like I own two copies of Animal Crossing, a physical yeah. copy and a digital copy because we have two switches and it's just how it breaks down. Like this might be the curse of uh, the consumerist that lives inside me where we have four Xboxes in the house, two switches, three Microsoft PCs. Like we are technologically loaded over here and it gets really problematic when we try to share those licenses across all these consoles because it's like i own these consoles i own the license why can i not play them how i want i don't know and it's like the the whole nintendo thing is is that they they don't they're infamous now at this point for just not dropping the price on their games so people will i think this is one it bumps nintendo's games so large whenever they first come out because Whenever they release a $60 game, it's like this game is it's not never going to be down. $50, so I might yeah. as well buy it now if I want it. But meanwhile, I just what I was just saying earlier, this loops back around into The Last of Us again. It's like The Last of Us Remastered, I bought that on PS4 like five months into the PlayStation 4's lifetime. It was like the second game I bought on the PlayStation 4. I bought that for like $15 digitally. Like – it was a six. I think it was a sixty dollar up. I think it was a sixty dollar remaster. I don't remember if it was forty or sixty dollars, but I bought it for fifteen bucks when it first came out. Just smashed it out again on the PlayStation Four, and I was like, "All right, back to my Xbox One." But it's like the it, the seventy dollar price point. It doesn't. It, it's 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 like chump change compared to the implications of everything around it. This whole Naughty Dogs like and it, it's like it it came out again when the 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 trailer for the first Last of Us. Uh, show came out the last of us show and yeah. and i had someone tweet at me like hey look look at it it's the last of us show nave you hate this right and i'm like no i don't hate the last of us show because it's not the video game developers working on the last of us show the last of us shows its own little fucking thing over there on sony sony interactive or whatever like sony, sony studio pictures. movie production yeah there it is and thank you it's like those dudes are doing their own fucking thing. I mean, Neil Druckmann is overseeing it, which he probably should if he wants it to be good. So, But it's not like taking away time from the developers developing the video games that I love. I love the video games. I don't give a shit about the sto- the movie or the TV show. Go enjoy your TV show. I'm sure it's going to be a blast. You know what I mean? It's going to introduce so many people to the Last of Us first, the first Last of Us story because there are just people who just don't give a shit about video games. And I think that that's great. But – I mean, I still stand on the hill of if you're going to make a video game adaptation uh, in a in a di- in a different medium, I think you should tell a different story in the universe so that everyone can win, so that the people who don't play video games get a cool story, and the people who do play video games can interact with their with the lore that they love. You know what I mean? I think that that is the epitome of adaptation. But 
it's 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 not that big of a deal to just remake the last of us i can't wait to see the giraffe scene in the tv show i can't wait to see everyone post clips of that online because that's going to be touching i'm sure like resident evil 6 giraffe yeah, the Resident Evil Six draft in they—that's a reference in The Last of Us. There's okay. a draft getting a I was wondering about that. I'm like, that's the only draft scene I know about. Resident <laughs> Evil Six. By the way, it is the Button Bash Brothers. Those are the guys. They said, "I'm so glad the Last of Us remake is coming. The original is completely unplayable. The controls, graphics, voice acting—it all made a torturous experience, but no more." Funny tweet. I'm done. Mm. All right. That's probably the definitive edition of the Nave rant on the fucking Last of Us. I think we can put this to death. I think we can execute it in the streets with a Rottweiler that Philip found on Google. I think that's it's gone now. Yeah, it's out there somewhere. I have a so, headache. The blood came. How bad was that rant? That that rant felt bad after. I feel like hungover. I feel like my brain has been fossilized. Yes. All yes. right. So as a palate cleanser, uh, patron, if you want to hear more nave rants, please go and support us at Patreon. Thanks, Michael Superbacker and Cone. Can do without you boys. Nay, what's on the Twitter? Nothing. Nobody knows what Celeste, uh, Celeste of Us is. God damn it. <laughs> the Celeste. <laughs> All right, let's just take a break. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. Bum, 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 bum. All right. Jesus uh, Christ, dude. I'm going to go get a refill of my coffee. Yeah, we'll, let's take a real break. And we're back. Celeste, Crown of the Magister. Developed by Tactical Adventures and published by them back in May of 2021. Here's a description from the Steam Store. Roll Wait, for Philip. initiative. What? What is this 8.7 in your backlog, Buster? That's my percentage. That's how far I've gone through my backlog. Oh, I was like, is there a game called 8.7? Because that interests me immediately. What a name. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. <clears throat> from the Steam Store. Roll for initiative. Take attacks of opportunity. Manage player location and the verticality of the battlefield in this turn-based tactical RPG based on the SRD 5.1 rule set. In Celasta, you make choices. Dice. Oh, hold on. I give that. In Celasta, you make the choices. The dice decide your destiny. Much better. And do the dice decide. (laughs) They do. Okay, so back at the beginning, we talked about how this is literally Dungeons & Dragons. Nate, this is literally... 5.1 5.1 rules edition wizards of the coast old watsi the big boys themselves gave them permission to use their reference rule book for this game's design it makes sense it's really funny because one of the one of my favorite podcasts of all time dungeons and daddies is just a dungeons and dragons playthrough it's not about bdsm like after playing Solasta for so long i'm hearing one of the characters is a druid in the first season of the game of, of the campaign the first campaign of the show god damn it and um i'm hearing him use abilities and i just know what they are now like i just yeah. i don't even need to be explained i'm like oh my god it's they're exactly the same all of this is the same the spells have the same names uh you have opportunity attacks like threat range uh it's all there the the same dice rolls like i've i've played D in the past so I knew, like, oh, I, I'm a great weapon fighter. I know I definitely want to go for a battle axe opposed to a longsword because we roll different dice based on the weapon type. And I'm like, that's that's what I want. Which, Nave, let's talk about any, like, history or preconceptions with this game. This game obviously does not have any predecessors that we have experience with. But what was your, like, perceived experience with this game? Like, when it popped up on the uh, Xbox what's it called game pass and we're like hey we could play salasa like what what because you recommended it 
I think I heard th- I heard this game on a podcast being described as this is just Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons and it's on Game Pass today. And I'm like, okay, that's really awesome. I don't remember what show it was. I think it might have been Defining Duke, which is just an Xbox podcast. So they're always talking. That's probably where it was. And so uh, once I heard that, and of course they talked about co-op, online co-op, and stuff like that. Every time I hear these key these keywords, these buzzwords yeah, the for buzzwords. me, it always wakes me up from my mail work. I always stop whatever mail delivery I'm doing and pay attention. And so um, I I always I go I just Google I'm like Salasta I see I see that and I just screenshot it and I'm like later on I'll look the my phone and I'll see that it's easy to, for us to call audibles whenever we're uh, as far as the games we're playing multiple times we'll be playing something and we'll quit a day in and start playing something else this is what happened to this game where it's it was pulling us away from multiple different games uh, like more specifically Ember uh, and Power Wash. And Power Wash Simulator, these two indie games that might have gotten a little bit more of a shine from Nave had he not been thinking about Dungeons and Dragons the whole entire time. And so that was mostly my experience uh, beforehand was just hearing it from podcasts, which is what I hope to do for other people with some of these indie games and this, which might also be an indie game. I don't know. When you brought up like Dungeons and Dragons video game, I'm like, oh, I've heard about this. It's Divinity Original Sin 2, right? That's the Dungeons and Dragons game everybody talks about. But this just feels like I haven't played Original Sin 2. Or I think I own the first one. I'm not sure. But anyways, I haven't played it either. It's in my backlog. But uh, Solasta, Crown of the Magister, it feels like a cheap Dungeons and Dragons adventure that you just like throw in and go. And now I'm assuming that Divinity is the more premium one. The thing is, is that Divinity – I think Divinity and Divinity Original Sin are different things. So oh. there is a I, – okay. I, I remember way back in the day, uh, our friend Cody Cook, I would go over to his house, and we would play one of the Divinity games. And it was just like a generic Western role-playing game, like a third-person okay. running around hack and slash Dragon and stuff. Mage type thing. Yeah, Dragon Nave type thing. And so um, – we were playing that, and so when I got Divinity Original Sin 2, I thought it was going to be more of that, and whenever it was like this tactical role-playing game, I put it down because – well, I, I had a friend who would come over, and we would play split-screen, and I'm like, this is phenomenal, but I can never get him to come over consistently. So when I wanted to play the game, he wasn't there, and I didn't want to play by myself. It's like that bad – it's like the thing with in League of Legends or like Rainbow Six where it's like very sad to play that game by yourself. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's very lonely. You want <laughs> to have buddies with you, and so – um, I don't have a ton of experience with that. I didn't even know if we would like this game, but I fell in love, Philip. Dude, yeah, like it turns out we just really like D and D. That's all it took. Like we were like the second we started making characters, like let's go. I'm making like Nave made like six characters, and meanwhile, like Nave's like, all right, I'm I'm in the game. Are you know you join it? I'm like, nope, still making my character as I'm like going <laughs> through trying to like get the perfect character. And this highlights the character creation. You roll for your stats too, and yep. This is going to come up later, but I recommend if you pick up this game, min-max your stats. Because I just took the first roll, which gave me quite a dump stat in Wisdom, which was a downfall for a lot of the boss fights. Like, every boss fight would test your character's Wisdom, and my character was very unwise in his choices. <laughs> well, so, what Philip means also, because you can roll for your stats, like normal D&D, you can also allocate your stats. It'll give you, oh, yeah. it'll put everything at 10, I think, and then you can move things around. Uh, or, like, not move things around, but it'll give you, like, 10. It, yeah, you can allocate your stats, or you can just keep re-rolling, I think, infinitely. Uh, for the most part, me and Philip did, all of our characters were just the OG rolls, and so 
uh, I don't think we ever manipulated it. So of my other characters, though, because I, I, I made a character for every class and for every race. There, because you there are like you can be a you can be a halfling from an island, or you can be a halfling from a forest, or you can be a high elf, or you can be. A, it's kind of like it, there's yeah. like it's pretty well, cool, and it tells be. it tells you everything. It's just like D and D, where each race has its own little. Uh, like stat bonuses and everything and so like it's it's really really fun if you like to make things uh mostly because as as a solo experience you do you are encouraged to make four characters there are presets that you can just run with but why would you play a game like this and not like make your own characters it's like why would you play mass effect and not like do the fucking uh loyalty missions you know what i mean it's like this is the type of if you're already interested in something like this you are definitely making characters and so you get to di- like diversify this uh ex- ex- like these these characters and 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 make the experience uniquely yours which i think our campaign was very unique because of the characters yeah. we ended up playing with i think we should go right into the characters because anything we explain after this point is going to be relating back to the characters we were stuck playing I say stuck because there are a lot of moments where I'm like, <laughs> man, I wish I was a different character. But I, I end up loving my character at the end. Nave, do you want to start with uh, Squib Mandius the Squibberton or whatever his uh, name was? Squiblius Sanghelius. He is the elf okay. scholar who became a rogue. Um, this, the, the, I think – so on that note, put Squib to the side for a little bit. Uh, the way that we did this game was I made two – I made two characters. I always had control of two. And then we played with – uh, Melissa. So it was me, Philip, and Melissa, and we did not communicate at all what our characters were. So I had these two. I had this. I had Squib, and uh, he was a rogue. He was a yeah, at first he was melee, but then I switched him over to range because we got a cool bow. And um, he definitely be, he was the main character. Um, not because Big I'm such a vibes. wild. It, it's not even just because of how wild I was, but also. We will mention the crown of the magister. It does come up. It's not just a subtitle. But um, Squiblian was the one who ended up taking the crown and going crazy with its power. He was the uh, Frodo? Yeah. He was definitely the Frodo. He carried the ring. That's it. Well, I was thinking of what is uh, Gollum's original name? I was trying to remember Gollum's. Smeagol. That's it. Is it Gollum? Is it Gollum and Smeagol? Are they the same character? They're the same people, but, uh, you know, like Smeagol, that's whenever you have to kill your best friend in a boat or whatever because it's your birthday. It is my birthday, Philip, in the future. Are you going to Smeagol me later? I'm going to Smeagol you. It, well, we didn't know if we were going to Smeagol anyone at the end of this game. We didn't know where this game was going. But, uh, yeah, Squiblius was the uh, – he was the rogue, and he was the long-range character. He was the long-range character because that was really all we had. Now, Philip, do you want to talk about – your character? Yeah, so my character, uh, his name was Min Poo. He was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, I got to come up with a joke about Min Maxing in his name. I could not figure it out. So I just put Poo at the end. Uh, he is a human fighter because humans, they're just pretty good at generally everything. And I was looking at the character creation. I'm like, man, there is a lot of spells and stats and just malarkey and gods you need to pick and stuff like that. I want to keep it simple. I'm going to be a human, great weapon fighter. I'm going to get the biggest battle axe I can, and I'm just going to go out there and cut people in half. And that is going to be what Min does. 
I even came up with like, I was like a, a primordial backstory about how he fought with a group of soldiers and he ended up getting everyone killed but him because he wasn't very wise or a good commander. And now he, he joined <laughs> up with um, the glorified hall monitors that are the deputies of the city council or whatever we do. I don't even remember what we do in the campaign, but we're a part of this like adventuring group or whatever. And I'm like, this is my character. This is Min. He's so cool. He was not cool. His stats were incredibly bad in the beginning. Like so much so, like like he had like the the worst proficiency bonuses to attack. Like Melissa's character had like a plus two above him because I'd be like, all right, uh, I'm level one. I'm gonna roll to hit. I had like a plus two to hit. You know, <laughs> which yeah. by the end of the game I had like a plus eleven. But at the beginning I had like a plus two. Meanwhile, Squib using the bow had like a plus five by the, like level two. I Squib was knocking people down. Yeah, so he was incredibly bad. He was bad at everything because I'm like, I'm going to be as beefy as possible too. So I put all my points in the Constitution. So I was a healthy boy that never hit anybody, which was funny because uh, we'll talk about it later. Like, we'll talk about it now. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to bring up Melissa's character. Why don't you, since we, since you're so interlinked with Melissa's character, why don't you talk about what happened with that? So, you know, my human fighter is out there. He's doing his thing. And it turns out Melissa thought the same exact thing as me and made a human fighter. Same a great human weapon. two-handed great weapon. <laughs> it's the exact same, same character. Same character. Same, <laughs> like, subclass. Just with we better stats. Person. Just better <laughs> Just better. It's like, it's the meme of, uh, oh, what does he do? It's like, he d- does I do everything you do but better. That's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> Oh, I, had, God. Like, I had lower dex, I had lower attack or strength, I had lower wisdom, lower intelligence. The only thing I had was constitution. So I was just a worse Alyssa character. And she's not here, so we can't talk about what her backstory was. But she was a lot kinder than Min. Min was a little bit more snarky. Not the snarkiest, because Squibblian was the he was the sarcastic rogue. We I I definitely leaned into uh tropes i guess but it was it it ended up working out and we can talk about the we can talk about the personalities later because it's not just headcanon stuff you do when you when you create your character give them a personality you tag them with different personality tags so the last character um was my second character and it was evie i don't remember what her last name was it wasn't as funny as squib squibbly squibblian sanghelius but uh she was evie and she was a halfling cleric and she ended up becoming the most important character in our entire campaign, essentially, where Min was the most reliable because Squib was very hit and miss. It, it, when he hit, he hit hard, but when he missed, it was very sad, and that's all he did all turn. But um, uh, Evie was the healer and the buff, the buff master, and she ended up becoming quite the damage dealer, too, because she got some really good AoE spells and then be- got the ability to summon an avatar of God. At the end. So Evie became this essential character that we had. And she was also the cutest. Because she was a short, cute halfling. I made her look cute. And she was also very sarcastic. <laughs> so, But the very best aggressive part was... Too. I, I think she was the only one that got tagged with the, with the aggression stat. Or the aggression trait. Because every time a very mean thing came up, it was always her that said it. And it was always funny because she's surrounded by these big, scary people, and then the short one, the short cleric would be. So my thought process behind it was – because you can give her the stat where it's like she will do anything to protect the ones she loves. I also gave her the the one where she will kill because 
I thought that if someone came between her and the people she cared about, she would kill them. Like she is very sweet, but she would kill. She's like like a mother hen. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Yeah. But the game took that in a completely different direction because no one else had this stat. So she was always the one locked into it. So since we're talking about those, do you want to describe what the character trait stats are? Yeah. So uh, this game has a very simple dialogue system and i say simple but it it draws on these like five different tags you assign to your character like you have like an alignment you have uh like a background and you have general like aggressive like all these like just little things like that represent you these tags and when we get to a dialogue option it'll auto like rotate everyone out and be like hey if this thing gets selected we all get to vote on what they say just like as dusk falls we get to vote on what's said but whoever fits this sentence the best gets to say it and i say that for reference because there is a bar right in the beginning of the game and you can walk in and you just talk to the barkeep first thing you can say to him is your beer tastes like piss and yeah and it pops Which up with became a tradition yeah, every time we go to the bar for a long rest, we would stop by the barkeep to tell him his beer tastes like piss because you could. That was just something yeah. you did. Like before, we asked for a room, we got to tell him, we got to insult him a little. And it was and always Evie, always Evie said that it. said it. Yeah, yeah it's great. She was the most aggressive. Uh, you know what it reminds me of the way that it works. I think because it it just auto assign. There'd be the different dif- the different uh, choices in dialogue, and it always assigned somebody to one of those choices, and everyone was aware who was going to say it before they got to vote and whatever. And so usually ninety percent of the time it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's funny though, like the barkeep thing. The whole the whole thing it makes me think of is you know those personality tests like what kind of roly poly are you or whatever, and then you take a tense <laughs> quiz. You know what I'm talking about. You like it's like what Marvel character are you? And then you do oh, like okay. a twenty about, like, twenty question quiz. Stuff, I was yeah. being outrageous when I said Roly Poly Philip, but <laughs> that's what okay. I'm talking about. I got a small imagination. I don't got good wisdom. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing is like I think it just it just kind of shoots and ladders you each character into whatever. So if there's it's like this is the aggressive thing. Whoever has more aggression, put them there, and that's usually. I think I mean I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going in a circle now. No, but yeah, that's basically how the dialogue system works. And so these characters have a personality and it gets expressed throughout the game where we knew what Squib was like and what his dialogue options would mostly be like. And so we'd see an option for Squib to come up when it would just be like a two person thing or something like that. And we were like, Boo, Squib sucks. Because <laughs> Squib's about to say something history related or some nerd yeah. talk. And he's like, Actually, guys, the old kingdom, because I'm an elf and all this other stuff. And we're like, we don't care, Squib. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're going to read this rock on the wall. And everyone's like, no. And Squib is like, I think this rock came from the tribe of the dwarves. Of And everyone's like, oh, my God. Stop talking. So, anyway. Oh, I think this extends. Got- One more thing. I think this extends into combat because every, every now and then you'll hear someone make a quip, usually on a crit or a miss. Which misses happen way more often than you crit. But um, you'll hear like they each character had their own voice lines, and I'm not sure if it was specific to the the uh, the voice actor because I think you have like there's like nine different voices in this whole yeah. game, right? To the point where I made two elves, a, a male and a female, and I accidentally gave them the the same voice because oh, there's no. like there's like a very feminine, a very masculine, and then like an ambiguous voice, and I gave them accidentally both the ambiguous voice, and so I had Squib, the sarcastic asshole, and then I had this very nice druid who would say the same things. It was very weird, but um, yeah. So you would be in a fight, and I would miss, and then men would be like. 
could you maybe look better next time? Or like, uh, I would like, like Evie would miss. And then, uh, uh, Alyssa would be like, you suck. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> Alyssa. All right. Literally just you suck. Yeah. Oh, a uh, quick little note in this game. It is, uh, gender friendly or whatever. So like you can be either body type and have either pronouns expressed in your character. Which makes sense because this is like a fantasy environment, and it's like you you you're creating a, your own like creation. You can do whatever you want. So I mean, it it's like I whenever one of my friends came over, he was like, "Oh, you can be a they," and I'm like, "What does it matter? It's a fucking D and D. It never comes up. No one ever gets called he, she, or they. It never comes up. So it's like you, it's just you are literally just making this thing that you want to make. It's like it's not such a big deal. It's like it was like the thing where you could make a couldn't you make a chick but have a dick in in cyberpunk 2077 and i'm like isn't that where you would expect like the body modification to be <laughs> like isn't that isn't that the whole point of cyberpunk is to be all in like get all crazy whatever with, you like, want yeah. have eyeballs that can zoom in 20 times and stuff like that like what is the what is the problem with people let people enjoy stuff yeah play as your character and my character was an idiot but before we get to any more of that little malarkey, let's just talk about kind of how this game plays because this game has some some heavy jank and some mild jank. And my favorite mild jank is there's doors that you can close and the enemy AI will never open the doors. But right. the doors only open on one side. And so I remember one point <laughs> we opened up a door, saw there was a whole bunch of dudes and we're like, crap, close the door so we can get in better position. Then we'll open the doors back. Well, and more importantly... Closed- the but, two the two tanks were down the hallway. Me, the rogue, opened the door and was like, uh-oh. And go on with your story. Yeah, it is so then Nave, squishy me. Nave then goes and he's like, all right, I'm closing the door. He clicks on it. His character walks in the room with the characters, all the enemy characters, closes the door behind him, <laughs> and ends his turn. It's like, did he just... He just the door only closed from that side? What? And then we all just like stand there like, I guess we got to play this out. <laughs> Like, open the door back. Open the door back. Or, God, it's just terrible. Or the thing is, like, you you had to be in that square because it was a it was a door that had like it covered two squares, but only one square you could open it from. And so, while another character standing there, you could not physically open that door or close it because you weren't on the right square. And it's just there's so much tiny jank in this game that some of it feels almost game breaking but it never ruined the game for us it was just giving us like psychic damage in real life anytime something like this would happen it it got to the point where even like the ai i got to i was playing this game so much off off of the record dear listener i mean and by that i mean we all, all i have like eight separate campaigns running simultaneous to the one we're going to be specifically referring to in this in this episode um but I got to the point at the end of the game where I was making really random silly calls that would turn out to be the right call because I knew I had a good feeling of what the AI was probably going to do. Like, we'll talk about this at the end game, but specifically, I it was like a perfect, it was like, what is it, the Queen's Gambit? Is that the fucking the, the Netflix show? Yeah, I was it. doing the, I was doing the, more specifically, you know in the first, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes where he's fighting that dude yeah. and he's like, he's gonna throw a punch, counterattack with the rib punch, broken rib, hit him in the nose with your karate jutsu move. And I, I don't know the fuck, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in years. But that was what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I'm gonna stand Evie here and I'm gonna use a thing and I'm going to, you need to run over there just in case. We'll talk about that later because it's, I'm sure it's gonna come up. All right. But you so can be, manip- of, you can manipulate it. Some of the other junk or their jank that came up was 
I got infinite movement at one point and I could control everybody's characters. So I was able to take control of everyone else's characters. And even during a fight where like, wasn't even, you know, our turn or my turn, I could be like, Hey, uh, because you only, you're limited based on like so many squares per your dexterity level. But because I had infinite movement, I was just like sprinting everyone around the battlefield and just repositioning everybody as needed to just, Basically, outmaneuver the opponents. I forgot that about that glitch. Fun. Like, literally, in one, he could, on my turn, he could move everyone right into the face of the enemy, and then I would attack them, and then on their turn, he could run everyone away. It was so weird. He wasn't even the one hosting the game. Like, I really think it was a, it was a sync issue. I think it was a desync thing, some kind of weird thing. Cause I think almost every weird kind of novel problem we were having almost always came down to the game unsyncing itself from everybody, and then it just, some kind of craziness took place. Some of the smaller jank was like not, I couldn't see the UI sometimes. Like I wouldn't know where I could move on my movement squares or sometimes I would see two UIs or there'd still be like dice bouncing around my screen, even whenever yeah. I'm in the main menu. So that was just there something was, that happened. Uh, there was one time that I could move Melissa's character for some reason, which is similar to Philip's thing. Uh, there's also a time where I uh, Squiblian at the end of the game could run a mile in one turn. And I was also controlling Eevee, and it would always have Squiblian's maximum range of movement on Eevee's screen, but I could still I could only move like a quarter of that because I was just a halfling cleric. So it was it was really weird. I couldn't tell how far I could move and also do a turn. Because in D and D, you can you had a maximum movement, but you can move double that, but it wastes your uh, your ability to make an action. It's called dashing. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want to dash, so I would literally I would you you can see how many squares you can move and you can also see your lines of sight and everything. So I would like move Evie like one or two squares at a time just to make sure I didn't accidentally dash so I could still heal everybody. It's weird. Right. There also seems to be some strange almost exploits where for instance fighters, we have an ability that was like uh second wind. I don't know, second wind. Yeah. And it recharges when you take a short rest. And you can take a short rest anytime you're out of combat. So that gave us infinite health recharge. We didn't know until the last, right before Literally the last, the last fight, fight <laughs> we figured this out. Like, oh, I could just regenerate all my health, and so could Alyssa's character. Like, this is overpowered to yeah, start off it's, every fight at full health. It's, can you do that in normal Dungeons & Dragons? Well, no, I'm the Dungeon sure the Master DM. at some point would be like, all right, while you guys are taking a short rest and taking a piss or whatever, some goblins come around the corner and then you get in a fight. Yeah, he'd stop you somehow. Like, I guess that makes sense because you're. It, it, since there's no dungeon master, fuck the game. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah, him. Like, like, just manipulate it. Save so, scum. Everything. Do what you have to so, to win. When you take a short rest, you refill all of your powers, and you are able to use hit dice to regenerate your health normally. So what Philip's describing is that rather than using hit dice, hit dice do not mean anything to fighters. You can literally just sh second wind, short rest, second wind, short rest, second wind, and the only thing, the only thing stop, the only hurdle in all of this is your uh, loading times. So since it was just me and Philip at the end of the game, because Melissa, she was speaking of jank and problems. Melissa in the last like two or three days literally couldn't stay in the game for longer than an hour before desyncing and getting kicked out of the game and so we ended up beating the game on our own i actually i think it, she showed up in the last fight but we but since it was me and philip on our series x's we were just able to power through that really really fast um xbox one she's using an old school xbox one uh the loading times are pretty hardcore and since 
we're playing online, we are all limited by whoever's got the slowest loading time. So it became a it became a joke of uh, waiting for host. Philip would go, yeah. and I'm like, what a coincidence! I'm waiting for players, and then Melissa's like, I'm sorry, guys, I don't have money for a Series X. <laughs> All right, I think that covers all the jank. Uh, let's look at some of our Steam reviews that we found. Maybe give you a better taste before we get into the meatiest bits. So I'll read the first one from Zerp with 85 hours on the game. He says, oh, this is a recommend, by the way. Uh, good when you have no friends to play D&D with. This is a perfect solo experience. Like we always yep. say the better off playing solo. This game can be played solo and you can probably have a good time. Just play it, put on a podcast and just relax some tactical combat i'm definitely going to play this game solo i'm going to keep this game downloaded because i bought the dlc expansion i one thing we didn't mention is that you can literally even on the xbox go download custom campaigns you go onto their website and you download their campaigns and it works on the xbox i don't know how it works I don't understand. And you can do those custom campaigns if you are the leader, if, if you are the host of the lobby. You can invite your friends to the custom campaigns, and they don't need to download anything. You can – you can down, like the DLC, uh, uh, the Barbarian and the Orc race are locked by DLC. But if you make a character and invite your games, if you make that character and start a campaign with those characters and invite friends to the games, you can assign your friends the Orc, and they don't need the DLC. You can play yeah. the DLC campaign and they don't need it. That's some pro-consumer shit. the best. Yeah, the best use of DLC I've seen in a while. It is just incredible. I'm just happy about it. I'm, it's to the point where I'm like, this game has an open door to just be played again. Like, we at any point, or if we feel like playing Dungeons & Dragons and we don't want to do a whole campaign, we have that DLC sitting there waiting for us. So I might not even beat it. I might not even play it. I might just keep it fresh. I mean, yeah, this could always, we'd always return to this maybe a year from now and be like, you want to go play some Slasta? Well, maybe not All a right. year, because it probably won't still be on Game Pass a year from now. Uh, yeah, you bought the DLC for a game on Game Pass? What are you doing? I might buy this game. Like, I, uh, I might buy this game. So, which, I mean, okay. Uh, just know. a highlight. This game is currently on Steam for fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. Dude, and that's awesome. This is such a great... That's such a great price. For reference, Divinity Original Sin 2 is currently $45 on Steam for the base game. It makes sense, because I think Divinity is genuinely a better game. Like, but I, as, as far as it being put together, but, uh, this game as a budget D and D for your, by yourself. And it's got all, there are so many custom campaigns that you can play. They're all janky, but it's like, and there's some really funny jank too. Like there are words that are censored, like half of the word is censored because there's part of a cuss word or a slur inside of like the word night is censored. You can use your imagination on to why that word is censored, but you have to like interpret what like what the fuck is censored about this word now? Like trying to figure out the some goblins of these attacked words. in the blank, and it's like hmm, <laughs> they yeah, in the middle of the blank, your party woke up. No, it won't be blank either. It would be like it would be like uh, hashtag and sign okay, apostrophe yeah. gt or or t. You know what I mean? And so it'd be like, what the fuck is this word? All right, uh, Nave, you want to read one of these reviews? Uh, for Frozoni, Froze Onion, Froze Onion, uh, 21.6, does not recommend on Steam, uh, 21.6 hours. He says, it's a D&D game if your DN, DM only prepared combat encounters and neglected story and characters. Well, yes. We have a lot to say about that. <laughs> you have to bring your own, any character lore that you want, because it is uh, mostly not personalized. It is very, go kill the thing. Go get the thing. Philip was the one. I I res I resigned from the story pretty early on. Um, 
mostly because this is a good drinking game. I I mean I know it is, Dungeons and Dragons is a famous game for getting messed up on narcotics and playing it and just having a wonderful time. But yeah, this game can also be very fun on alcohol. All right, so the for the final review, uh it's in the Japanese Moon Rune, so I can't read this name and they have an anime girls their picture. But they have 136.7 hours on record. That is a lot of hours. This is a recommend. And they have a list. And so it's like, number one, create a party of four unique characters with balanced classes and varied personalities. Check. Number two, get immersed into the lore of Celasta in the background of the world. Check. Three, roll a bunch of nat ones in a row against a small group of goblins. Four, TPK'd within the first hour. And that's total party killed. Great game. I love it. He's the not difficulty. Wrong. You, you die a lot in this. The difficulty is something to behold. I think that leads right into we played on realistic, so we just played with flat dice. Authentic. Rolls. Authentic? Tabletop? Yeah. Well, I, tabletop think it's what, I think that I think that's just what the difficulty is called. I don't know. I didn't read I literally didn't change the I was like, whatever the medium difficulty, and then I just went into it. Okay, so they the way the difficulty works is they just fudge the numbers. So it's like if you play on easy, they're like, eh, you can have like a plus three to all your rolls forever. And the enemy will have like a minus three. And that's the game. But we were playing where like it was just base, base stats. And we would get wrecked based on like multiple bad rolls in a row. And it was like, God, we, we need to load the save. So this is the problem, okay? And this is probably what I – what this is my biggest gripe, I think, in the game. And also what I annoyed Philip and Melissa with the most is that I – in games like this, it's like I always feel this way when I'm playing a video game. But in games like this, I always feel like there is a switch that just gets flipped that says you lose now. And the game, oh, the just, game developer I, it's switch? like some kind of weird artificial difficulty. Like this is real in casinos for sure. Like they do – it is like – it is on minimum percentage win and then they'll flip it up to good percentage for a little bit and then flip it back down to minimum so that you get hooked. But um, I think games like this to artificially extend the length of the game will actually just kill you. Like you will roll like misses 17 times in a row and the enemy will crit you four times in a row and you will just watch your party get decimated on the last two enemies of a 15 enemy fight. And you're just like, I, how I, I couldn't have possibly like predicted that this would have happened. And this, and it, and it aggravates me to no end. It's like, this is why I don't play magic, the gathering on, on video games. You know what I mean? Because when you're playing against the computer, like you don't know what the fuck is in their hand and they can just do whatever they want. So if they want this to be a hard fight, they can just put Exodia in their hand every fucking turn and you lose that way. I know I just mixed up card games, but it doesn't matter. You get the point. Like this whole like situation of it's like playing the uh playing Yakuza, playing Mahjong in Yakuza or or Blackjack or playing uh the Knight at the Warehouse or whatever on Steam with with the heavy from Team Fortress and and glados from portal i'm going insane right now but if that's a real thing you can play it's poker night at that inventory poker yeah, night inventory it, that that's cheating shit it cheats shit it fucking makes me so mad when i lose to that kind of stuff because i'm like i have no way of knowing if it's not cheating now so like you have to just give you have to just trust them but it's like also when things go horribly wrong for a extended period of time it is like what are the statistics of me rolling a one four times in a row you know what I mean? Like, how insanely bizarre is that? Like, it's not that insane when you when you think about there's a billion dice rolls happening. Yours just happened to line up with these ones by chance. But it's like, 
it still feels like you're getting cheated. And when the game is so difficult, you know what I mean? And it's it takes so long because when we wipe, it that's an hour and a half of time gone suddenly. You know what I mean? I want to highlight this game definitely embodies the Dungeons & Dragons experience of basically you take your turn and then you fall asleep for 10 minutes while you wait for your turn to come back around while everyone else takes their turn. Because, like, if you're a good player, you don't play on your phone. You pay attention. You get yep. everything ready so you know what you want to do on your turn. Meanwhile, I just gave up at one point because, like, like I'm over there. I'm playing Nino Cooney Wrath of the White Witch on the side, just waiting for my turn to come back around. Because my character, he's either on the ground unconscious by the t- this time in the fight, or he's scared because he failed his wisdom save because he's not wise at all and he's just running for his life because even though i made him like oh he's a trained battle-hardened soldier he gets scared really easy and he just runs away in so many fights and i'm like yeah i guess i'm just not playing this fight and you have to make a at the end of every turn you have to make a wisdom saving throw to not become become not scared almost every like like thing that affects you every every affliction uh not the t-shirt uh, you have to roll a saving throw at the end of your turn to do it, and some of them are worse than others. Like fear, wastes your turn. Not only does it waste your turn, it runs you away from the fight, which means you're gonna. And it doesn't take into account any opportunity attacks, so you will run through straight past enemies. You'll take a whole bunch of damage while you're running away. On top of that, and then you're so far away from the fight because you missed your wisdom saving throw three times in a row that now my healer can't even heal you because you're so far away. So it's like, ah, it's insanity. Like, specifically, there's one fight I want to point out. We lost this fight multiple times in a row, and at one point, I, I figured out a way to manipulate the AI. But that resulted in Philip not playing for literally 40 minutes straight. Because Philip, oh, the spiders. Yeah. This, these spiders were killing Philip repeatedly. And the way that it works is whenever you get revived, you don't, you, you're knocked down. And that means they have advantage on attacks on you if you're on the ground with melee attacks. And so Philip would uh, – Philip was – after all the enemies because he's also very slow which means that in almost every initiative role he was at the last half of the initiative role and the healer and the rogue were at the beginning so it's like if i were to use one of my characters to heal philip he would just be killed because five turns go by and all of the ai goes oh shit i can get advantage on that guy if i hit him so they run over there and bonk him on the neck so this spider fight I realized that if you were far enough away, they would never engage in melee combat with you. They would only engage in raged combat. And I found a spot where I could hide my characters, and they couldn't see me. They wouldn't move because they didn't know where I was anymore. They were waiting for me to push forward, but I could see them. So I was just shooting them over and over again with the arrows, and it took literally 40 minutes and almost all of my arrows in my backpack to kill these spiders. But we had had lost like two hours to this fight. Like this, like this is like a three-hour fight for us in real time. We, had, but I was, I was like, there is no way I'm redoing this fight. I'm sorry, Philip. I'm just gonna do this. Like I'm sorry, Melissa, because she's also dead. Well, she wasn't dead. I picked her up, and then she just stood there. So she just passed her turn every time because I told her not to move. I said, don't move, because if you encourage those spiders to move up, and then they see me, and then they come over here and kill me because I'm a squishy rogue, I'm going to yell at you because I don't want to do this fight anymore. And I refuse to lower the difficulty from sheer stub- stubbornness, which turned out to be futile. But we'll get into that. Another fight that su- was a major suffering was we got Janna to play with us. So we had a full four-man team, and she was controlling Evie. And we there's a huge 
room that's like a puzzle where you have to like navigate the room and there's like floating platforms and stuff. And Jan's like, oh, I'm going to change the baby's diaper real quick. So she just stopped playing for a minute to change the baby's diaper. Cool. No problem. In that time, we walked across the room and there was a fight on the far side of the room. Well, she is three football fields away at this point, our healer from the fight. And we are fighting spiders that are resistant to physical attacks. We have no magic abilities at this point, but Squib does, but they're not the best. His bow is way better. It's terrible because then I'm like, and hey, Jana, also how do you like, play with us? You know, like Philip and Melissa were both are both melee characters. They're the tankiest ones, but they're both in the worst position they could be in. And Squib is just out on his own somewhere. But that didn't matter because Squib can run a f- one football field a turn. So it, even at like level four or whatever we were then. Also, so since it was we always were both this humans like, too. So we yeah, had what? we had disadvantage on all attacks because it was too dark for us to see. Oh so my god! The game consisted of. Me and Melissa slowly dying as we fought at, with disadvantage to killing spiders. Jana literally just walking, just walking every turn with a full dash, trying to get closer. It would take her like nine turns to get over to us. Squib basically juking, doing a shadow clone jutsu, everything he can to solo <laughs> the whole mob of spiders. And we played that for, I think, like five hours in this one fight. Yeah. This was a whole day was one fight. It, it was insane, too, because there is this – so whenever your characters go down, you have six you – have, you have opportunity to get yourself unconscious and not die. And so you, it's called a death save. You have to roll higher than like a 13 or 14 or whatever in order to get a successful death save roll, and you need to do that three times or in order to become unconscious. You don't get to fight anymore. You just don't die. And so if you fail that though, do you die? And if you don't have any magic to revive, which by the way it's a level 4 cleric, it's a level 4 spell, which means you have to be like level 9 to, or you have to be like level 6 to even get the opportunity to revive people. Um you do you get a story reason to be able to do it later on, but we didn't have it at this time. So we couldn't revive each other. So if somebody went down and then died, that was game over. That's something we haven't brought up yet. But when a, when a main character dies, in our head, what we thought was it would be like, all right, make a new character. Which yeah, that'd is be nice. usually what happens in Dungeons & Dragons. But in this game, you are stuck with the original party that you make. They can't die. So the moment one of them dies, passes from this ethereal plane, then uh, <laughs> that's the end of the game if you can't revive them. So... Um, that was the oper- that was the uh, the thing that we found ourselves in. So not only did Squib have to solo everybody, once one of the squid one of the tanky guys inevitably went down, he had to find if they were going to die, he had to find a way to get to them because or die trying. What we ended up doing in that game was we eventually had a run where you both went down and didn't die, so you're both unconscious. And then Squib, I found a way to stand on the other side because they the spiders can climb on walls, but they can't jump. So there was this spot that I could jump over, and then they couldn't get to us. So again, I I fucked the AI over, and we spent like 25 minutes of Squib just shooting arrows at these stupid spiders while they couldn't attack us. And, uh, lower the difficulty, everyone, is what I'm saying. On your first yeah, campaign, like just put on a lower spider. difficulty. One less spider would have made all the difference. One less ghost Lo- spider. Uh, uh, learn from our grounded campaign, which we did not, obviously, but stop playing on hard difficulties and suffering for no reason. I felt a sense of accomplishment when we would finish some of these fights. Some of these fights, I just felt bad. Like, both of those spider fights, I felt bad whenever we finished, because it, it had just taken too long. 
Follow up after that spider fight, we go into another room where it's like, oh, there's a campfire. We can take a long rest, get all our health back because we are about to have our first fight with a pack of Sorax, which are basically like the main dudes. We didn't know. And we were missing one food because we didn't know we needed to buy food. Well, we, we bought food. We didn't know we needed food for 11 days when we started out on the journey to this ruins. So we yeah. were out of food at this point. We get up there. We're like, oh, I guess we can't heal. This sucks. And maybe we'll get some in the next room. Next room is the boss fight of this whole area. <laughs> and we're like, oh, God. Spend another three hours in this fight. It, it was more than three hours. It took us multiple days to get through this fight. We, By the way, usually we give each game a week. We've been playing this game for a month. I feel like a lot of that was my fault, specifically me not wanting to lower the difficulty. But also this this idea that... I don't know. Once games get their hooks into me, I want to play as much as I can. I just I just obsess about games. This is an Elden Ring situation. I think I mentioned that before. This game is similar to Elden Ring as that it, it is in, infringed upon my brain. I think about it now. And so it's not as good as Elden Ring. Nowhere near as good. Um, but this game has uh, – I have extended the playtime uh, dramatically. <laughs> yeah, either lower the difficulty or just make meta characters. Roll for good stats and – Play with a yes. solid team. Don't have Communicate. two humans. <laughs> you can have two humans. Just don't have two human warriors. Like maybe have a human wizard. Like dude, a human wizard would be fine because he doesn't need. He doesn't make attack rolls, so he doesn't. Dark vision doesn't matter for him. Uh, also, make sure you're buying food. What else? Health, health potions, potions health so that potions. you can pick people up because you can stabilize people that are doing death saves, but that doesn't pick them up. That If you have a healer, it's, it's perfect, but eventually the healer will run out of spell slots, and so you're going to have to run your rogue up there and t- do a touchdown and fucking spike a health potion into their gullet while they're gurgling on their own blood from the, <laughs> from the, the stab wound in their chest. But yes, there are a lot of things that – Next time we, if we decided to do this first, the original campaign will not take us a month. It'll take no, us maybe two nights. Like we would probably slam through it, but I don't know. Uh, let's see. Okay, I think this is a good point to just bring in to the, the story because the story usually the story doesn't matter crazy much in our reviews, but this one is going imp- to impact our stance on it. Yeah. So Salasa is a land or a kingdom or something like that. it's like Narnia. There's elves and stuff. But anyways, back in the old time of Salasta. There was a big attack from another dimension where a bunch of lizards came through and humans and stuff like that being controlled by the the lizards. Big elf kingdom comes together with the power of the dragons. They create a crown that has all these magic god dragon ball stones in there, the chaos emeralds. And the magister with his crown, the the dragon magister or whatever, he closes the rift that all the Soraks are coming through and kills them. Sweet. Cut to like 2,000 years in the future. Uh, humans are now like big dogs or whatever. Elves are kind of doing their own things in the olden times. Uh, no one really remembers the old days. Dragons are just a figment of the past. Huge cataclysm, you know, wiped out so many people. Uh, kingdoms are just doing the normal kingdom stuff, having little wars and fighting. We go to the town council and we're deputies of the council. Basically, the council is like, hey, uh, there's stuff going on out there. We need like basically sheriffs to go check it out. And we're like, hey, we're kind of like sheriffs. We'll go check it out. And that's it. We find out that maybe Sorax are back. And they're like, what? Sorax haven't been seen for 2,000 years. Impossible. We bring them ahead of a Sorax, and they're like, oh, my God. Well, maybe go check out this place in some ruins 11 
days worth of food away. <laughs> we go and we check it out. And we find a magic crown and instantly squid like it's funny because four boxes pop up and it's like who takes the crown and we're like squib probably takes the crown it's like yeah who, who would who take it the crown? yeah <laughs> squib instantly grabs the crown puts it on and he says i'm the crown of the magister now or whatever and yeah. like great squib he starts speaking like hey my precious suddenly and they're like oh that's probably not gonna be yeah, that's probably gonna like, come up later yeah, like we're like, okay, whatever. And, like we don't know anything about this crown or anything at, at this point besides us making the joke. Like, hey, we found the crown, guys, in the title. We did it. It's what we, every time we talk about this game to someone else, we Philip always goes, oh, by the way, we found the crown of the Magister. It, we did it. And I'm like, it's it wasn't funny the first time. This is the it's, seventh time I, I've heard you say that. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I became the cyberpunk 2077 or whatever. God damn it. There surely so, was a Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, we take the crown back to the council, and they're like, yo, you need to give us that crown. That thing could be bad juju. And we take it away from Squib. Squib then has a heart attack and almost dies. And they're like, okay, we'll give you the crown back. <laughs> like, obviously, you can't not On have brand. the crown. On <laughs> yeah. brand for Nave. Yep. Yeah. So uh, then they're like, okay, you need to go out and collect all the Chaos Emeralds because we need them. And this is the point where I fell asleep for the next... 10 days of us playing this game as far as the story goes but we travel around we ha we hung out with orcs we hung out with elves we hung out with ghost elves we robbed a guy in his mansion that turned out to be a dragon we met some other dragons we killed some dragons and we got all the gems and then we bring it back to the council what do you know the sorocks their whole thing is they're awesome fighters with poison fangs but they can also mind control people and shapeshift into people at the same time and we find out that one of the guys in the council He's a rude dude. He's a Sorok. And we gave him the of crown. Course. Because we were like, okay, we, we finally find a way to take the crown from you without you having a heart attack. And Squib, being a big weenie, is just like, okay, you can have it back. Which is so <laughs> weird because, like, we talk about not having a personal touch. Instantly, they were like, we found a way to take the crown away from you. I'm like, resist? We are not giving up this crown. That is a terrible idea. We are the most capable people we know. We are not giving up this crown. And instantly, we do not get a narrative option. It's just like, okay, here, enhance the crown away. Well, and that's like, the thing. So you guys, you right? guys, there were, we had an opportunity where everyone could say something. And you, both of you, I was getting outvoted all the time, by the way. I was like, oh, God, Demon, I just want to. But so you guys were like, you guys are stupid for doing this. And I'm like, no, tell them that uh, there was another, there's another thing there that it was like a, a valid point, And I couldn't remember what it was, but. I was like, no, I just wanted, but it probably didn't matter. Because as Philip uh, kept pointing out at the end of the game, he was like, man, it's been a long time since we had a narrative, like a, a narrative choice. Like for the last like two hours of the game, you just don't get to choose anything narratively. The game is very railroaded. Um, yeah, by just, the way, they're like time to wrap it up. What? When we were talking about the whole, whatever you just said, the crown of the magister thing, uh, look what the discord, what I just said, he tells the backlog made a funny meme later on. And he said, oh, uh, he said, what's your favorite quote from The Last of Us? Mine's when Ellie says this, and then he says, gives me goosebumps every time. And what does that picture say, Philip? Uh, it's a picture of Ellie, and it says, I realized The Last of Us was the friends we made along the way. I, I feel like... <sighs> anyway, now that you've experienced that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty prime. So... I love you, Dave. We find out that, oh, the people that took the crown, turns out they were evil lizard people in disguise. There's lizard people in the government. So we then meet up with another counselor who, I, I can't tell if he's friendly or not. It was really weird. He was like, but we just revived a whole bunch of people in there. You revived lizard people. 
or something. I don't remember. So we do. We, so this is the thing too, because we all were all confused. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm tired from this spell. I just revived a whole bunch of people, and then immediately Min shoulder checks the door he's next to, and the guy's like, no, wait, don't go in there. And it's a bunch of possessed lizard people in there that we have to immediately kill. And so I'm like, oh, that guy's a fucking traitor. He didn't want us to go into this room full of people. And Philip's like, no, he just accidentally revived lizard people. And I'm like, but if you die as a lizard person, don't you turn into back into the lizard? Why would you still be shape shifted into a human? By the way, the lizards could shape shift into human. That just fucking fuck confuses everybody about everything. I don't know. Um, so me and Philip are the whole time we're fighting these this last fight, which is super easy, by the way. Uh, we're arguing about who if this guy's good or bad, and then the guy comes in and he's just like, he's like, "All right, so where are you guys going?" And I'm like, "Are we just not going to fucking talk about what just happened? Like I just killed yeah. all the people we were fighting." All right, whatever. So we go deeper into the temple and we find a secret tunnel that takes us to the Nether Realm, where the rift is. And the rift we saw in a flashback, right when we got the crown or whatever, and we brought it to the council. When they you took forgot it, about the, you're skipping like, the princess. Oh, the princess shows up and she's a dragon. What do you want from yeah. me? <laughs> and then she does, she does the dragon and kills everyone. And turns around and does the fucking Marvel thing, and oh, she goes, God. "Why are you looking at me like that?" Or whatever the fuck. Okay, it's yeah, so she drops bad. a one-liner, and then we're like, "Okay, we have to go to the the Nether Dead Realm or whatever," and. Uh, she's like, I forgot. She pulled the, I don't have time to explain, but yes. we can't go there or something like that. And I'm like, she's like, dragons what? can't go there. That was it. The dragons can't go there. We get there and it is in fact a dragon graveyard. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and we fight our way through. This is the last mission is so long with no long rest. It is so brutal. We fight our way through. We get to like a dragon tooth and we're like this dragon tooth. It's calling to me says squibbums in with his main character voice and we're like okay squibbums <laughs> and he's like we should take this dragon tooth with us it belonged to the magister himself and I'm like all right squibs whatever put it in your pocket let's go we take and it's like and the tooth is whispering to me it says return the slab give me my crown it says kill your friends kill your friends <laughs> they're turning on you squib kill them so we then get to the hardest fight in the game probably with where we fight one of the lizard people now has the crown and he's like i i've been crowned king i you know he's like doing the whole um oh what, what, what movie was that oh he's the far quad pretty much he's like i'm, oh, the, I'm king <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's, he's a short like, little lizard too he's, he's, he's smaller like, than all the other lizards and he's like let's do this let's kill the beast you know kill the ogre <laughs> and we're like we're in terrible positions because i'm like i'm gonna sneak around and assassinate the king as i go to the left and everyone goes to the right turns out the king just (laughs) straight over to everyone else all of a sudden all our dragons that we helped in the main story the ones we didn't kill start popping up only two of them out of the potential of i think four dragons could have joined us in and we only did two missions that actually saved the dragons. We, in well, fact, no. Actually... See, this is the thing. So I, we mentioned this before. Whenever we first started playing, I think it was in the Ember episode where there was a vampire that we got stuck on and we kept dying. We, that was a fight that I ended up safe scumming. And then because you can do a charisma check, and and we, I failed the roll, which just started into a fight. I went back and I succeeded the roll. We got another fight or another guy where I did a charisma check and then I ended up succeeding. So those – I think those are the two. It was like some weird necromancer guy and then this vampire lady. And then there were two fights that we had where I don't think we even tried to do the charisma thing. 
where we just were like, ah, fuck it, we'll fight because we got super powerful. Um, there was an achievement for uh, charisma checking them. So I think, yeah, I think there was four dudes because we got to that end fight. There was just two random dragons. No idea why they're there. Never no, explained. It's not explained. We're, we came up with this in our own, like, brains. Like, we're like, who are these dragons that showed up? And then realized th- this, all of this stuff. Yeah. So then the dragons are like, oh, we're in the Deadlands. They take half their health and damage instantly. And I'm like, oh, so that's why dragons can't come here. They lose half their life for some reason. Whatever. We then fight with Gold Dragon and Black Dragon, who, Black Dragon, my boy, he just could not hang. He <laughs> He died yeah. so fast. Gold Dragon did pretty good. And this is a good point to bring in. We tried so hard on this fight. Like we like we fought for hours one night. Ended up having to just call it because Nave had work the next day. He's like, it's 1 a.m. I'm so tired. I need it's to go. It's 1 a.m. and I had to wake up at 5. <laughs> and I was like really thinking we were going and to I'm beat like, this. Dave, I was this dejected. is the last fight in the game. This is it. This is the final fight. We can I'm like, we can end this tonight. But it was not to be had. We started the next day. We think did we beat it on the first try on the next next day? It felt like no. It. I think it was the second try though. Okay, but the second try we just wiped them out, no problem. And I'm like, why did that work? No, it was a problem. All right, because this is the whole thing. Now, whenever we beat, whenever we won the last time, uh, I had quite the celebration mostly because the way we won was so clutch like we were going to die like we were losing and there was a this guy we were fighting had he healed for 10 squib didn't have a magic weapon so he dealt half damage which means i had to crit and then roll good on the crit to do just more than 10 damage right so because squib is a sneaky boy i have to use surprise like i have to there's a lot of hoops i have to jump through in order to start really fucking rail gunning people with this with this bow and so Everyone died. Squib's the only one who can survive. This guy can catch Squib and attack him. So it is like I had this scary situation where I had to revive everybody, and then we had to like we had to just succeed. It was like Avengers Endgame kind of fucking level. We just had God, to succeed. It was. Or no, the other one. What's the other one? Did we just lose? With what the what the fuck movie was that? The one before where Thanos, Thanos snapped? Yeah. yeah. It was like that, but instead of letting Thanos snap, we did actually, like, finally pull it off in, like, such a weird fucking way. And I start, like, celebrating, like, eh, what am I even talking which, about? Which, quick, take a quick moment. That was such an intense fight. Insert Nave pop-off right here. In Whoever had, I assume I'm editing this one. Philip, insert that right here. Okay, what should I do? Take a health I'm motion? also scared, by the way. So even though I'm getting back up, I'm... Run into his face, maybe? Okay. I'm gonna have to dash. Can you reach him? No, unless I dash. Let me see. Well, he's How already many screams. Does he have? He can do three a turn. There's a chance he might run away. Okay. Immediately. I'm coming then. Oh, like if you get the light on. There's him? a chance. Squib can't do ten damage to him. That's the fucking biggest problem. <gasps> he did run away. Of course. Oh, I- no! He's so low. God damn it! One HP. I told you there was a chance he'd run away, dude. <gasps> no! Oh my god! That's insane! That was the most ridiculous fight! Yeah, see, and you it, were having a good time. Yeah. If if you don't insert it, it will be on the Instagram. We're gonna upload that at least before this episode drops. Because I thought that that was the last fight. We all thought it was the last fight. It was but not the hey. last fight. No, it was not. We then go over to the thing. Uh, we kill the guy. We get the crown. And Dave's like, 
boop, touches Dragon Tooth to the crown. And the Magister, the Magister from the title shows up. And he from says, the I'm the in- Yeah, he puts the crown on. He's like, I'm the NPC that's going to save everyone. Hold the line. He creates a wall behind us so we cannot escape. We're all at one HP, barely being alive. and No spell spots, po- no nothing. healing. The portal that all the giant reptars are coming through, they're just pouring out of the portal, so many of them. And this harkens back to a previous cutscene where uh, Nave played it, where he played as like a human fighter that was like level 20, it seemed, because he was a god. And he just fought for his life holding the line. And this was 2,000 years in the past where the Magister did the same thing. And so it's like, all right, we know what we have to do. We have to hold the line until the portal collapses and all the reptars die. But, bro, we could not live the three turns you needed to, like, we ended up having to turn the difficulty down. As blasphemous as this, we are Mountain Dew butt-chugging gamers, like I always say, but we had to call it quits on this last fight because we were at 1 HP and we had to survive so many attacks. It was just impossible. There was like at least 15 enemies that spawn and they have they get three attacks each and it is and they are faster than us they're faster than everyone but Squib but only, Squib is only faster if he just has if he has no one impeding him like and the and the arena is really small so even even then I couldn't have outrun them because I would get cornered eventually it's like it was impossible I literally I was so dejected but I had to turn the difficulty down it felt so bad to play that it was just like, we went through such a heroic fight. I feel like that could have been the end. Like, just show us, like, holding out. Like, because it almost felt like a Noble Six thing from uh, Reach, where it's like, yeah. just just kill. That's all you can do. Well, but we were, we had no, like, had, if he would have healed us to, like, full health and been like, all right, final fight, then we would have been like, let's go, you know, like, let's do as much damage as possible. Like, just go out there swinging because there's not likely yeah. chance of us dying in three turns. That would have been heroic. That would have felt good. That would have been cool. It wouldn't have felt like a cop-out just because we got our health back. Like, it would give us a chance to go out blazing in one last fight. Instead, we lower the difficulty, and I just hit the dodge action, which makes me spend my turn dodging. It gives me less chance of being hit, and that feels terrible. And it's even the point where uh, there could have just even been a slightly different cutscene for us not surviving that infight or something yeah, like anything. That would have been even more poetic because you know we 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 get it. You go to like a still frame, I think, where there's like a soldier talking, and it's like, well, if, you miss it because we when we win, the cutscene is literally the dragon goes. I knew it was appropriate for me to choose you guys. I'm now leaving the my realm, and that's it. There's like two lines. He's gone. Then still image that Philip's talking about. Yeah, and there's a soldier, and he's like, and the brave soldiers that died returned to their homes and raised many corn dogs in honor of the four soldiers or four great fighters that closed the rift with the help of the Magister and roll credits. Dun 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 dun. And are yeah. we feeling good? No, we are sad boys. That is just like, I would almost rather we just played the fights. Just let me just play a custom campaign where. They they censor random words like this. The story mode that they made for you, while on paper looks so good, like just to play through, it fell so flat at the end. It tripped over its own weight into just suffering. Yeah, the execution at the end of the game is very very bad. I I haven't been so just dejected from an ending of a game in so long. I think this is worse than the Mass Effect Three ending for me. Where, 
I mean, I had so much higher expectations for Mass Effect 3. I didn't. Ex- I haven't been paying attention to the story listener for about 20 hours in this game, I think. But the the way that this game ended, just physically, I even it doesn't matter the cutscenes at the end and everything. It was after so much hard labor, like laborious work. Like so much pain and agony we went through to just get to crawl to the end, the finish line. Not only the fact that I had to suffer the indignity of playing on easy at the end, but also that the the fucking what we got at the end of it was just I don't know. I I don't I I don't have the words to explain my sadness. I was so sad that I was open to playing Fortnite with Philip after the after we finished that campaign. It's weird because like the high points of the game for me when we were playing, it was like in it was the story we made for ourselves, really. Like I we talked to so many NPCs and they all say the same lines. That's like stay in the light or uh, clear skies, traveler. And just they say this, this is a greeting and their goodbyes and stuff like that. And so I was really into it. I'm like clear skies, fellow traveler, whatever I see them or we would like whenever we were first getting our, our narrative bits in there, we were talking to some people. Uh, we found like a very edge lord archer dude that we nicknamed Poopy Butt because like he was sad yeah. and we're like in canon why is he sad he's like well they've been hanging out over here hiding for Sorax for so long that he went to poop by the wall and he fell down and got poop on his butt yeah. I don't remember what the story was but in this game he was a reoccurring character that would pop up every yeah. couple days and we're like oh it's Poopy Butt Poopy Butt's back <gasps> there he is it's the Poop Butt Man Poop Poop Butt Man there he is and- like there is so much entertainment to be had just with your friends grab some really goofy guys and just have some goofy time like i got all of this i got all of this like incredible like memory of this game and none of it has anything to do with the story it's just the last of us that we made along the way yeah so like i mean there's poopy butt man uh this beer tastes like piss uh there was a merchant that sold generic traveling (laughs) goods such as the food and she had two prompts one was what are you selling? And the other one was, let me see your wares or something like that. Or, and then the other one was like, what is your name? Only he's or, like, are, are you Gorham? Yeah, that was it. It was, her name is like Gorham Thunderbottom. And it, like every time we walk up there, if we weren't fast enough, Nate would just click, are you Gorham? I mean, we've met <laughs> this character multiple times and bought multiple stacks of 40 counts of food and rations. But still we would ask him, are you Gorham? What do you sell? Okay, now let's open the store menu. <laughs> Even though we it's already so know funny. this. Because it's like, what do you sell? And let me see your wares. That makes me so mad. <laughs> that those two don't just take you to the fucking store. It makes me wonder, is this like a Scandinavian game and it was translated to English? And I don't know. That was like something else. I don't fucking know. The voice acting is questionable at best. Dude, it sounds like something we made. It's it's so It's incredible. Miss. Like, there's this wizard that we ended up killing, and he's like, hello, sir, uh, you're in my place. And you're, and he's, like, in a in a big room with, surrounded by four giant statues with glowing orbs pointed at him. And you're, I'm just like, hmm, <laughs> looking at all these statues. And he's just like, I think that you need to die. And then he fucking, and it's like, I could have been that guy. Like, that could have been me who got paid to do that. Or it's like, I think there was like a halfling merchant at one point or something like that that like kind of whispered when she talked, where she's like, uh, let me, can I sell you some wares? And I'm like, this is just another character whispering, right? Or another, they're just like rehashing voice actors. It's not like, can you do a different voice? Be like, not really, but maybe. It's like Oblivion oh. having the three voice actors. 
<laughs> I love those guys so much. Well, okay, another highlight point, the orcs. When you go to Lava Mountain and there's just a bunch of orcs hanging out of Lava Mountain and you're like, there's orcs? Yeah, there's orcs. Sure, they're really cool. And they call you, um, what do the orcs call you? I got to look Nyak. this up. Nyak, I think. It like started with an N because, because we immediately started talking about Inwa from, uh, yeah. from Morrowind. God, Morrowind, that's it. Yeah. I think it's Nyark, something like that. Nyark. started with an N. You're like, whoa, he's dropping the narcs on us right, right in front of me. <laughs> like, dude, I'm right here. Why would you say that? Yeah. It just meant See, non-orc, I guess. I don't know. Which is yeah, weird because it. it made me wonder – because you can be a half-orc if you buy the DLC, which is a shame because the half-orcs are awesome. But um, uh, it makes me wonder if it would change the dialogue at all. Probably not. But Probably not. So, I mean it kills me because these high points are made – not like worthless, but they just feel like happy memories in the distance compared to the sadness that is the ending of this game. It's almost like we would have had a better time if we just stopped playing. And then we could think back and be like, yeah, you remember how good that game was? Now I'm going to look back and like, yeah, remember that game? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, the the best thing about it is you're able to play those custom campaigns on Xbox. So, I mean, it is super simple. It's great. It, like so, what you do just for anyone who wants to play this game and wants to discover some of these custom campaigns is, um, you go into like on the main menu. It shows that there's a spot for custom campaigns, and then you press Y. I think when you're in there, you it, there'll be a button prompt at the bottom somewhere that goes that just opens up the it, Microsoft Edge browser. You have to make an account on the website. Like it, there's a Solasta website, you know, and you make an account there. And then you subscribe. It's kind of like Steam Workshop where you subscribe yeah. to the mods. So you subscribe to whichever ones you want. And then you go back into the game. You refresh the page. And, like, it'll it'll link your account. You have to link your Xbox account as well in there. But, it, again, it's just, like, you click link. It's, like, Microsoft wants to know if you give them permission yeah, yeah. to look at this game. It's so the classic. You link your thing, and then they just appear there. There they are. And so cool. I have all of these pretty cool uh, little custom campaigns, and they're goofy. Most of them are just shooting galleries, but uh, it's an opportunity to just sit around and bullshit with your friends and play some of your new custom characters, like Rock the Half Orc and uh, 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 Lotus, my human druid. All right, do you have any more meat points? Mm. Mm. I don't think we. I think we hit everything. Voice. We all even right. hit voice acting. We, we're doing good. The music is unremarkable. We're taking a break. Speaking of unremarkable music. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, man, I made that in GarageBand over a year ago. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to make a, a new one for sure. And now yeah. we're just like, the cat jam, the fucking kid with the glasses dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Salasta, Crown of the Magister. I'll take this one first, Nave, because for some reason I like to go first, and you like me to go first too, I guess. This game is going to be a recommend for me, only if you really have friends to play it with, and with Asterisk. I recommend maybe talking about your characters beforehand, making sure you have a balanced team, Make sure you min-max your stats a little bit. Don't don't take any dump stats. That's all I'm just saying. Because I had like a negative two to intelligence, or not intelligence, but wisdom. And that brutally affected me for every boss fight, because every boss has a fear type thing. So min-max a little. Make sure you talk to your teammates of what you're building. And don't be afraid to restart. Like, I kind of wish that we restarted like 
two hours into the campaign with like better characters because I love Min Poo at this point and I love Squibums and I love all of them, the rest of them. They were great characters to play through, but they made the game very difficult. So this is a recommend with a little bit of asterisk. If you like D&D tactical combat, because there's this is just like playing D&D, you get 10 minutes of action and then 30 minutes of sitting there watching things happen. So I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really just want to echo a lot of that. Um, if you like making characters, if you like have this, this creativity, like they like it's there. And if you can find some creative friends and just have some goofy time, like if you have friends that are not physically there with you, like me and Philip, like are in different states, it, this is such an entertaining way to have a Dungeons and Dragons light experience and be able to express some of those things like some of the things we didn't even talk about were uh all of the special moves that men had oh and i found my Nave... special moves you want to talk so, about that Go ahead. yeah man quick break in your special words or final words or whatever but like sailor moon with her moonstone tiara and whatever the other malarkey she has the dragon ball Wolf fang fist yeah that type of stuff exactly like that i got super anime with my character where i would like teach him a new move every like couple levels and so my first move i taught him was dragon claw which was terrible <laughs> because i only had a plus two to hit so dragon claw was so unreliable but i think it was like level five or something like that i gained like a plus two to hit out of nowhere it was like a proficiency bonus plus i gained a strength stat so all of a sudden i could hit much better and we were finding skeletons so i'm like bone breaker and all these others yeah, and it started hitting ones. and we're yeah. like and he'd go dragon claw and he'd miss and i'm like yeah it's because they have bones that you're breaking but they don't yeah. they aren't dragons <laughs> or whatever then, i don't remember I think it made it to like level eight and I got an optional like third attack that was like half power. So it was like a lot weaker. And so I referred to that one as like dragon nail, where it's just one nail of the dragon. And <laughs> it was so stupid because Nave had his own little call outs. And every once in a while you try to steal mine too. You're like dragon claw. <laughs> and I'm like, that was mine. Like I even had a backstory for dragon claw where I'm like, I learned it from my best friend before I lost him on the front lines or whatever. Some stupid like that anime backstory. Oh my God. Which is amazing because – so I was constantly like doing that thing where I was stealing Philip's thing. And then at the very end, remember when – at the very last fight, we're fighting uh, Lord Farquaad, and he's <laughs> running around, right, killing everybody. And he's at he's at like eight, like 18 HP, and he just knocked down men that I just picked up. And I'm like, oh my god, my plan is falling apart. I'm just going to attack right now because I don't want him to kill – I don't want him to kill men. And so I, I he knocks down men, and I go, this is for men, Dragon Claw. And I point blank shoot my bow, and I crit, and I hit him for 14. He's at 15, and he drops down, and he heals up back to like 13 or 12 or whatever. Now – uh, Melissa, this is from when I was screaming. If, edit, if Philip edits that thing in, this is why I was screaming because it was so intense. Because I was gonna die soon. Now Melissa's picked up. Evie got knocked back down somehow. I can't remember. And so, or no, Evie was up. So Melissa is like, "What do I do?" And I go, "Just run into his face because there is a chance that the first move he does is to run away from us." Because he does that sometimes. And if you do that, there is a chance you can hit him with an opportunity attack. Because she couldn't run to him and also attack. She had to dash. So I ready Evie for a cantrip in case she catches – in case she gets line of sight of the enemy. And then and then Melissa's standing there. Men just got knocked back down. And so I'm – we're scrambling. We're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? And so uh, 
Melissa is standing next to Lord Farquaad. Lord Farquaad moves. She gets an opportunity attack. Hits him for 12. He's got 1 HP. And I'm like, no! No! And then he jumps on top of this pillar for literally 1 second. Gets line of sight from Evie. And Evie hits him with the cantrip that literally cannot miss. And so it, it, it at least – it does half damage but can't miss. So it kills him with his 1 HP, and that's why I'm freaking the fuck out. But that's like like this this wax poetic fucking na- like nature of this weird head cannon that we came up with throughout this whole game where the friends along- we made along the way kind of thing of 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 Squib just always stealing men's fucking moves and then this whole cacophony of things happening because of that just goofy thing that we made up in our heads while we were delirious from hours of this game. Yeah, I mean and that's, that's my final the words. Fun- it's, what sucks though is that was the fight right before the ending, which is terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, which it's good. imagine my dejection yeah, after like, the screaming. That's what it comes down to. Uh, buyer beware, but check it out. I guess I don't, this is the most mixed review we've had in a while. Yeah, we, is, this is the most fun we've had with a mediocre game, and it is literally because the foundation is so good. Like the like the game itself is put together poorly, but this is just Dungeons and Dragons. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Do you think that game is fun? Well, you're going to love this fucking game because you're going to love this game despite all of its flaws. I didn't even know how much I liked Dungeons and Dragons until I really got hooked into this shit. It's like it, it is there. Like everything that you know and love from that game is there. It's like sans the DM. You don't have a DM. You have some guy who loosely threw some shit together and that's what you're playing through. But you literally can just have so much fun with your buds. And even by yourself, because I imagine you can make up your own stories with like I I could have had these own my own little like stories with Min and and Alyssa and Evie and Squibblean. You know what I mean? In fact I am having those currently in some of my own solo excapades in these custom campaigns with the other characters that no one's even seen yet. And so yeah, it's okay. just good stuff. I want to put out there, if you're not sure if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or anything like that, back when I was in like in my initial job training, whenever I was at job training for months or whatever, this wasn't when I started the podcast. This is like seven years ago in my Air Force career. But like I had never played Dungeons & Dragons besides listening to a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And we were in the dorms doing nothing. So like any sane person that's separated from his his family, like does or whatever, <laughs> I went to all my airmen in the class, like an insane person. And I'm like, guys, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe my dorm room tonight. And none of them had ever played before. And I had never hosted before or anything like that. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. And it's so funny because they, pl- they came, they played it and we had so much fun. And we played for the rest of the time we were there. They loved the crap out of it. And like my best friend at the time, like whenever we were like in, you know, who came to Florida with me or whatever, his name also Austin. Surprise. But uh, he was like, that's my real name. My, my name is Austin yeah. Nave. I gave up. Anyone's not heard that story. Whoa. That's why they call me Nave. Gaming together lore. But anyways, I doxed like, myself. Yeah. Austin came back and he's like, hey, uh, Philip, you know, we almost didn't come to the first Dungeons and Dragons night. But we were talking about it in the group, and we were like, hey, are you going to Philip's thing or whatever tonight or whatever? And they were like, oh, I don't know, sure, maybe, whatever. And they're like, well, Philip's a really nice guy. We'll just give it a shot. How about that? It, it, it can't be that bad, right? And so let's say it's not that bad. Give it a shot. Play some Dungeons & Dragons. That's really how I sneak people into Magic the Gathering back in the day is that people were just like – I mean, Nave is a funny dude, and he's and he's like – 
he's crazy, but he's not like boring, right? So it, this can't be horrible. If he's so into magic that he spends a thousand dollars on a deck, he it can't be that bad, right? And then they come and they play magic, and they're like, "Holy fuck, this is actually really fun!" It's so I love goofy. numbers. Yeah, but it's again, it's not even really that. It's like magic. There's just so much. Uh, emergent narrative that can happen in a magic the gathering game the same way the dungeons and dragons is like they're like all of this stuff if you are surrounded by the correct people can be just such a magical experience and that's why we're gaming together because we like to have those fucking experiences and we want to share that with as many people as we can and with that i think we can lead right into our mailer feedback this was on apple five stars from rick firestone he says great show really nice chemistry between these guys well worth a listen Thanks, Rick. Rick Firestone sounds like a D&D character. He does. He's <laughs> a very strong... He's got a strong masculine jaw. <laughs> he's like a, a human fighter, maybe. Dude, that's what I was thinking. I was like, human fighter, but not great weapon. Maybe like a dexterity base, like he has like a rapier, maybe? Or, or two swords. Sword. You think oh, he dual wields swords? He could be a sword dual. As long as he's not... Uh, what's the, the, the classic? I'm a dark elf that dual wields swords and has a... What's the stereotype? I'm just thinking about Geralt of Rivia now. <laughs> With the two swords. But they're both the same way. They're not an X. Oh, no. They're both the same way. Well, he's got to have the silver sword for the monsters and then the iron sword for the humans, right? Or something? Yeah. I don't remember. Everyone I else. It. I don't yeah. know. It's so you got to play. I've read the books, but I haven't played the game. You read the, the books? books? The books are fantastic. I have, I have two of the books. I haven't read them though. I've been reading through Metro 2024. In fact, that's what's going. That's what's underneath uh, the Chromebook. Which shout out to Friday night. Shout out to Nick from Friday Night uh, Gamecast for sending me this Chromebook. It's f- amazing that I can't. I have don't. I have no words. I think I've talked about it already. I'm. A, I'm just gonna pretend that that's a birthday gift because it was per- relatively close. But yeah, that's what's sitting there. That has been my Chromebook holder. Is Metro 2034. All right, Nave. What are we playing next week? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Fortnite. Um, my our friends right before the we started playing, or right before we before we started the recording, we were talking to uh, Jesse and Dontre, and they were talking about. Have you guys played Rainbow Six Siege? And I'm like, dude, we it was like seven months ago that we were talking about doing Siege, and I'm like, I would love to do Siege, but I would also like, I don't think I would ever, I don't think I'm any more open to Fortnite than I have ever been right now, and I feel like if I wait any longer. That that door is going to close. So okay, we mentioned it earlier. What's your like? We played one day of Fortnite and it was like three matches. What is your feelings on Fortnite at this point? Early review. So you invited me to like a custom game, and I was like, I didn't know what we were doing. I thought this was a game mode, and then you were like, Yeah, this is a custom game. Like that was just a map that someone made, and I was like, What? You like what? Is it a fucking map? And then you invited me to a third game, and it had building, and I was like, This sucks. I'm angry oh, now. Dude. Yeah, and the then, building was terrible. Yeah, and it was just a death match. So it was sucky because Phil was like, this is a death match. And then I just – that information went into my ears and then right out the other ears. And so my my multiple pairs of ears. And so um, I, I, I forgotten. So I was playing the first like 10 minutes as if I was playing a battle royale, not doing anything. I was like hiding. I was collecting like health packs and shit. And then I died and respawned instantly. And I'm like, what the fuck, Phil? I just respawned. And he's like, what do you think the word death match means? And I was like, oh. I don't know what I thought. I, I just thought Fortnite was Fortnite. So now I'm like, what the fuck is going? There's so much more levels to this that I'm confused about. So I'm I'm kind of excited just to see more of it. Um, as far as the gameplay is concerned, the game is fine. Um, when I shoot people, they go ow, and so it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I even got a couple of really nice snipes. I'm not <sighs> burping. Uh, I'm not naturally a sniper in a video game. 
uh, like in, in shooters, but um, I was getting some pretty nice snipes, and so I'm like, it's it's intuitive. Like I was leading shots, and when I would take the shot, it was at least markedly close to what I would expect, like the 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 bullet to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as in relation to the person, you know. And so I was like, okay, I have like the skill to play this. Um, we didn't do very well in any of the games, but um, and also Philip, I think had music playing or something. Or you had the volume turned down. You had something. I was like, "Why are you playing this?" Like, it, I realized that it is in it. It is compartmentalized in the same part of my brain that Rainbow Six Siege and League of Legends and chess and all of these things. It immediately dropped right in there like a plinko machine. Of, I am going to play. Try I'm going hard. to take it seriously. I'm yeah. turning the volume up, turning everyone down. I gotta hear because it's like I can tell that if I get shot, if I someone runs up on me from my right side and I get shot, and I don't realize it. I'm going to be upset. Because I knew I could have avoided that if I had been paying attention. So it's like, I don't know. The game is goofy enough, though. I'm not like, trying hard yet, but I can feel that it might happen. And so it's like, I don't know. Interesting right. game. Yeah, early review. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us this week, co-op partners. Maybe we can all roll up some mid-max characters together next time. Dragon Claw!